You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Warning. Thunder Talk contains foul language, adult subject matter, and is intended for mature audiences. everyone and welcome to issue 18 of thunder talk i will be taking the place of sexy thor in today's intro uh due to professional obligations he is a prisoner of uh, star wars the rise of skywalker we'll be talking about that in the next episode now we and by we i mean i apologize for this episode dropping a little later than expected. I found myself on the business end of a gnarly sinus infection. Uh, Tis the season. But thanks to modern medicine, I am back and at least as good as ever, which isn't saying much. Uh, Not too long ago, Mark and I had the privilege to be hosted by our new friend, Ryan Bonavia of Toy Federation, a super cool toy store here in Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, He hosted Retro Toy Con 2019. Mark and I take a look back at that, along with a whole host of incredible guests, including Thunder Talk's Mightiest Avenger. Uh, Kabika and I also drop some drunk science, uh, while Kabika and Beth bring a double dose of what's on our tube, along with a new segment, Stream Talk. And as always, Sexy Thor brings the thunder with another preview of WTLK. This is the part of the intro where Sexy Thor says, Lightning Lad, that's me, roll the thunder. He does it better than I do. The Weirdos Workshop presents Thunder Talk. Dan Klink reporting from Retro Toy Con here in Greenville, South Carolina. Reporting for the ESO Network, Con Report, Earth Station One, Thunder Talk, Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast. Yeah, so it's about 10.30 a.m. This place is getting pretty packed pretty quick. We've seen some pretty cool stuff around here. Got a whole lot of Star Wars happening. We'll talk about that later. We are joined, of course, by our dear ally, author of the best saturdays of our lives mark mccray how you doing mark i'm doing awesome how are you doing i'm doing good i'm doing good we're at mark's booth right now uh business going pretty all right so far so far um a lot of people folks are starting to pile in and looking around to see what they're going to purchase um you know it's kind of a funny thing a lot of times people will just come in and look they don't necessarily buy. They're just kind of scoping things out. And then the second time they come through, it's like, okay, this is the item I want or that's the item I want. Or they get the items that they want when they first come in. And then the second walkthrough, they'll buy whatever you're selling. You know, in, in my case, my book, toys, T-shirts, right. All that et cetera. Stuff. No, I was explaining to a to baby girl here. Kira, my daughter, is in the house. Say hi, Kira. She's like, well, how come no one's buying the book, Daddy? And I'm like, okay, look, these are the hardcore folk that paid for the VIP, right? And they're rushing in to grab up all the toys <laughs> that they need. They'll be back. 
they'll be back. Once they get their toys, then they'll be getting the book. Exactly. That's how it works. The only thing um, we're probably giving away free is maybe a sticker, a Best Saturdays of a Lie sticker, but everything else is for sale. <laughs> free with the book. Right. <laughs> exactly. Hey, you want a bookmark? Yeah, free. With the book. Right, with the book. All right, we are very pleased and privileged to have Dan Fowler with us, the host, the creator, the man behind Screaming Soup, the YouTube channel where you're going to get a horror breakdown animated. I am not doing it justice. Mr. Fowler, how are you today? I'm doing well. Happy to be here at Retro Toy Con. It's a great, great crowd that turned out for this. Tell us about your channel, man. Well, it's uh, Screaming Soup at ScreamingSoup.com, and we're on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter. And uh, we are the world's first and only animated horror host show presenting horror movies in a condensed, uh, shorter format than most horror hosts where we just go over kind of like the recipes of a soup. We go over the sweets, the sours, the, uh, the, the spices of a horror movie as far as like how many jump scares there are, if there's any boobs, if, how many deaths there are, and, and how textured are they with how they happen. Uh, but... Uh, Sandwiching each review is a uh, original animated adventure with Dead West, who's a skeleton cowboy who guzzles gasoline because the only thing he can taste is a skeleton. He's got a, uh, a goat from hell named Billy as a sidekick and his ghost girlfriend Mandy along with a parody of, of B-movie monsters in this bar called the Howling Grub and Spirits where they just uh, hang out and have adventures, go up against all kinds of things that threaten them and their favorite drinking hole while they're reviewing scary movies. Okay, a lot to break down there, a lot to break down, so. Yeah, a lot, lot to digest, a lot, lot to digest. digest. Uh, as, uh, what was his name? He drinks only the gasoline because that's what, uh, that's the only thing he can taste, right? Yeah, that would be Dead West, uh, the undead cowboy skeleton with a ray gun. Excellent. Ex uh, House 2, by chance? Inspiration? Uh, well, I, I, I get the reference there, the, uh, the inspiration for him. I actually dressed up as an undead cowboy for Halloween one year, and it just kind of stuck with me, and I just added the, the ray gun later, and... Just a lot of influences because I love independent comic books, I love retro video games, I love Saturday morning cartoons, and that love for all that just kind of all comes together into right. this version of a horror show I've always wanted to see. Right. You know, I just dropped the house too just to like get some respect and cred from you. Uh, <laughs> so you break down, and I love the way it's, it's again, like the ingredients of, of a soup. I mean, how many boobs? You know, that's important stuff. How many screams, how many jump scares? Excellent. And the best part is, even if the movie turns out to not have any boobs, we'll still give you boobs. Oh, yeah, no, we, it's... Yeah, we, you're not supposed to show boobs on YouTube, but somehow we've been getting away with it for five seasons now, almost 50 episodes, and anytime, yeah, there's not a movie with boobs, we'll still give you boobs from hey, I mean, movie. I won't tell if you don't. <laughs> yeah, we're good, we're good. Uh, and the fact that it's animated, you're the only show out there, like you were saying, you're the only horror review show that is doing original animation to go along with the review while carrying on an original narrative on top of that. I mean, this is, this is, this is almost getting meta. <laughs> yeah, and it's even more exciting lately because uh, horror hosting is coming more into the mainstream. MeTV has Seven Ghoulie, or Sin Ghoulie. Uh, you have uh, Netflix with Mr. Science Theater 3000 making a comeback, and then you have uh, Shudder brought Joe Bob Briggs out of retirement for the last drive-in. So it's, it's prime time for a big comeback for horror hosting, but I want to bring it into the next century and give it a kick in the butt with a new breed of, of how to do it, a new right. style for how to right. do it. Right. It's not just your local affiliate at 2 a.m. Yep, it's not UHF stations anymore, and it's a whole different world with a digital audience with a different uh, tolerance and temperament for what they'll sit through and not sit through. Not to say that there aren't still fans for the classic tradition of how to do it out there. There's still 
plenty of them, as proof by you know Joe Bob Briggs and Singuli and those guys. But I just want to just help it evolve into something else, just like Mr. Science Theater 3000 did. No one had ever talked through the whole movie before until them, and that changed a lot of things. And I just want to be that next big step in, the, in a new direction for horror hosting. It's interesting you bring up Mystery Science 3 Theater uh, because now, like, doing riff tracks is, like, the new thing. Everybody doing their own commentary and uploading it to YouTube or podcatcher of their choice. Uh, hell, I just did one a few months ago on that Motley Crue movie. God, those people are godless. Yeah, it is, yeah, bringing it all together, bringing that old, like, that Saturday night. You know, like like that Saturday Night Horror Review show yep, yep. into the 21st century. That's so cool. Where can everyone find you? Give us give us all. Where can everybody just hit you up on the Internet, all, all the sites? So the best place and the easiest place to find us would be on ScreamingSoup.com, ScreamingSoup.com. There you can find uh, all of our videos. We keep a weekly blog. We give you a weekly Howlin' Hottie of the Week where we just pick all these beautiful women from past horror movies and feature them. We talk about uh, uh, monster-oriented cartoons, we talk about uh, horror-related comic books. So it's, it's not just the movies. We talk about other things as well and make videos about that as well right. and do little skits here and there and a lot of crossovers with other channels, other horror hosts. But uh, the bread and butter is going to be at ScreamingSoup.com. There you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and uh, even uh, other outlets that we're on like uh, Twitch and whatnot. Sure, sure, sure. Cool. All right. Hey, Dan Fowler, Screaming Soup. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I had fun talking with you. We're joined by a good friend of mine, good friend of the ESO Network. We have Adam Throne. How you doing, Adam? How's it going? Pretty good. How are you doing? Doing I'm great. I'm great. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, So what 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 bring what brings you here? Why why are you here, dude? You know, it's a week off Thanksgiving and not too far from Atlanta. So came up with some friends and figured we'd spend the day and you know see see the sights maybe and catch some good stuff at the show and I'm really surprised because oftentimes you go to shows that are within the area right. you tend to see the same dealers not that they're not cool they got a lot of good stuff but I'm seeing stuff here like vintage stuff that I've not seen in years like sealed like Raiders of the Lost Ark right. lots of Star Wars stuff like all the cool stuff I was into and I, I mean I used to go to shows when I lived up in New York and Jersey and you see the stuff in great shape and this is like 20 years later, I'm seeing stuff still in great shape. Wow. I don't know if that's in my price range, but it's still good to look at. So I'm kind of living vicariously, sure. but picking up a few things here and there. Right, so right. I'm enjoying the show. Nice. It's nice, nice to get to a new place and, uh, you know, right. Right, check right. out some cool stuff. You know, that's a, that's a, I mean, really, that's a really great shout out for Retro Toy Con here in Greenville. Uh, second year they've been doing it. Uh, okay. looking, looking to grow it. Yeah, Toy Federation puts it on. It's a great shop here in town. And to say that, that, you know, you appear to be a seasoned uh, convention goer. Uh, you could say that. <laughs> yeah, right. Been to a Dragon Con or two, a couple uh, right. Grand Slam back in the day. Remember the Grand Slam for Star Trek? You ever hear that? No. Way back in the mid-90s, okay. um, Creation put them on, and they were big Star Trek okay. conventions. So I've done those, did stuff up in Albany, um, been to a celebration or two, Star Wars celebration. Okay. So, yeah, I've been around the block. Nice. Nice. Or galaxy, I should say. Around the galaxy a bit, yeah. And you're seeing stuff here that you haven't seen in years. In years. Years. And I mean in good condition, too. I mean, there's stuff I've seen that I used to own. And I'm looking at it now going, maybe I shouldn't have sold that because it's 
jacked up quite a bit. It's unbelievable. All of these Millennium Falcons are mocking me, man. Mocking me. Yeah, they are mocking me, but you know what's mocking even more? There is like a wall-to-wall like section there, an aisle that has vintage Star Wars hanging on each side. It's like going through the Death Star Trench lined with vintage action figures. And we're talking like double digits. So this stuff's come a long way. So no matter what they say about Star Wars, Disney, all that, and I don't say these things, but we have a lot of detractors. You know, this stuff's still hot. It's probably hotter than ever. So, the, the detractors need this in order to have a platform and a reason to detract. Okay, we'll we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. We met at Trek Atlanta. We did meet at Trek Atlanta. I can't remember if it was last year or the year before, but it was. I've been to, I've been to a couple of them. Did some panels there. Yeah, it was this year. I was helping to uh, run the auxiliary track, and you had a great presentation on classic Trek toys. That's right. We had a good time with the that. Spock helmet. The Spock helmet. The Spock deca- liquor decanter. The Spock liquor decanter. I haven't seen that here. In fact, I don't know that I've ever actually seen one, but I have some seen some stuff. That was released in that era. There's a sealed Mr. Spock 12-inch doll over there. And I don't know if you know the history of Migos that released them, but the plastic was not very good. So the, the faces tend to, like, turn gray. It's kind of odd. Oh, wow. But there was also a uh, James T. Kirk plush doll. So he's got a, a plastic head, but the rest of him is plush. So with, you, with a plush body. If you need to hug Kirk, there is one here <laughs> at Retroville Convention. So. Hey, yeah. I'm sure this will be happening next year. Everybody get your huggable, huggable Kirks right here. Retro ToyCon. Yeah, I definitely recommend coming up for it. It's my first time here. It's about a two-hour drive from Atlanta, and uh, it's great. I'm really enjoying it. Cool. Hey, you know, everybody, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Greenville Greenville presented, but Atlanta approved. <laughs> right on. Right on. Adam, my man, thank you so thank much. Thank you, Dan. Good to see you. Hope to, hope to do some more with you, too, sometime. Absolutely, dude. You, too. Thanks. You, too. Thank you. Every night before I went to bed in the summer of 1996, my mother always told me to eat my vegetables, drink my milk, and listen to my ESO. But don't forget to say your prayers. Everyone these days could use a little support, and your friends at the ESO Network are no different with the ESO Network Patreon. The cool thing is, is when you help support us, it's you who will benefit. With four tiers starting for as little as 25 cents a week, you can listen to some of your favorite network podcasts early, hear exclusive content, maybe get some ESO swag, or even possibly take a shot at the geek seat. All you need to do is sign up at patreon.com backslash ESO Network. So here we are again, right? Yeah, another another additional. What's on our tube? Uh, what are we going to talk about today? Well, we're going to do this episode a little bit differently. Normally, we've been covering shows that we've watched in their entirety. But what we've been watching right now are a couple of shows that you know, we're having to wait for new episodes to come out. Yeah, it's pretty suspenseful, actually. Um, what two sh- what two shows are we going to talk about then? So first, let's talk about his dark materials. What? I set out for the North some 12 months ago. And this is the first of the discoveries I made. A myriad of worlds of which the Magisterium controls only one. Okay, uh, his dark materials. That's that. Uh, it's pretty much the golden compass, right? Yes, it's based on the books by is it Philip Pullman? Philip Pullman, yeah. Philip Pullman, writer. The trilogy, I believe, is called His Dark Materials, and then they've called the show that because I assume the show's going to end up covering the entire the entire story. trilogy. Yeah. And so, 
Is it, is this series just, or this season then just the first book? Is that what we're looking at? I don't know since I haven't read the books. And I never saw the movie The Golden Compass, but I believe The Golden Compass is just based on the first book. So, so, so what, what I, is... I believe that this is this first season does cover the first book or maybe most of the first book. So what is uh, his dark material? What is this series? It comes on on HBO. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it comes out weekly Sunday nights, Monday, Monday nights, Monday nights. Um, what What's the premise? There, there's a there's a young girl. Lyra. Uh, Lyra. She's been, and this is all in the trailer. Um, she's been left at, oh, what is it? Uh, well, the Academy, I mean, if you've, right? if you've seen the first episode, and this doesn't, I don't feel like this really gives anything away. Mm-hmm. The very first thing that happens is there's a big flood. James McAvoy's character brings a baby. He's like carrying this baby through the flood to this door and he like knocks on the door and it opens and he like hands over the baby and he's like uh he wants a scholastic sanctuary for the child and then he like pieces out of there so it so in in essence it's a story or the beginning of a story of a orphan girl or in her being raised in this yeah lyra being raised in in this at this college at this college and then adventure you know circumstances happen yeah she's about 12 kids start disappearing and she's children are being taken that's right she's looking for her her friend her buddy right she and her little best friend he's like a little bit younger billy is it billy uh no billy is the kid from the village because billy's a kid in the like nearby village that goes missing is it her friend's name roger Roger, yeah. Yeah. So she's got her little like bestie Roger and they're, you know, they're both orphans and they're both living at this college and you know, doing the besties thing. and then they've <clears throat> talked about like going north, like oh, someday we're going to go north and then kids start disappearing and unfortunately, Roger is one of those kids that disappears and so the the families of the people who their kids are being taken come together and they're like, we have to go stop this. We need to find our kids. And Lyra ends up going. So that's, that's pretty much the start in the, of the series. Yeah. Uh, It's pretty good so far. I I feel like the overall direction of it, like how it looks, the pacing, it seems to be pretty good. Uh, I've enjoyed it. I have seen a couple of friends who it's not holding their attention, I guess. They were talking about it on Facebook. I I think it's because some people think it's not fast enough. Yeah. You know, like the story, they know the story, maybe, and they're like, come on, speed it up. Or maybe they've seen the movie because, of course, the movie... The Golden Compass, if it puts that whole story into a couple hours, they may be expecting more. I don't know. I, f- I the, feel like the pacing is good, and the, personally. And the CGI and all the things, yes. it seems to have been really quality. It looks very good. Yeah, it's it's a- very well acted. 
I feel like they've also done a good job of like setting the setting the tone in each scene with the the scenery and the CGI and you know the color palette and everything and I feel like they've done a good job I don't know I really enjoy it so, so I didn't really say anything whoa I'm just knocking shit down I didn't really say anything on Facebook when I saw friends like complaining about it and saying that they weren't really into it because it's like eh, different opinion like if if you don't like it you're so, allowed to not like it <laughs> Ruth Wilson plays uh lady what 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 is um or Mrs. Coulter yes Mrs. And Coulter she is really good at it yeah I mean she kind of she draws the um I don't know. She she makes it suspenseful just in her acting. Yeah. Know? So it it's it's been a we've enjoyed it. I think. And yeah, and I'm, I'm ready to see to what's going to happen. Yeah, what's going to happen next week? So both of these shows. That's our first show. A little bit. Um, His Dark Materials. Find it on HBO. Um, yeah, join on us. HBO. And and we'll get a we'll kind of it'll be on what's on YouTube too. <laughs> <laughs> So our our the, our next show is what everybody's everybody's talking about everybody's it. About. Everybody's you're, making you memes. Probably, you probably already know what show we're talking about right now. The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. Uh, great Star Wars. It's our and, and so it's uh, the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian is on Disney Plus. Yes, and it's pretty cool. Uh, it's Disney Plus is Disney's new streaming uh, video yeah. streaming everybody, service. Everybody Every, knows. You, you already know. If you're listening to us right now, you, you already, already know, know what Disney Plus is. So, and you're probably have already signed you, up, yeah, or you're watching you it on watching. your friends ha- at your friend's <laughs> house or something. So, The Mandalorian, we. We follow this uh, bounty, bounty hunter, hunter, right? Uh, yeah. On the outskirts of backwaters. And we're going to... So we've only seen two episodes we've so far. We've only seen the first couple. But we've couple. already seen character growth just in two episodes. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it is it is interesting. And it's done by uh, John Farva. Or Favreau. Favreau. Yeah. So he's really talented. Um, he's much more talented as a director than he is an actor, I think. I mean, he's a, but he's a decent actor. He's a decent actor. Come on. I mean, you like just, Happy. I, no, I do. I'm just saying that I even, I like him better as a director. Well, I mean, and a writer. And a writer. Yes, he, correct. He writes I, it, too. Yeah. So I, I like him in that role. He He's generated uh good content that way so yeah mandalorian i like how much the show does with small amounts of dialogue mandalorian is a lot more show than tell and so it's good it's gonna keep us guessing till the end though i feel like because there's not a lot talked about and i'm sure you've all seen like a million baby yoda memes mm-hmm so and we've the, only watched a couple episodes. We've only watched. So the the basic story is we're following this bounty hunter, and the 
context and time period is like right after the fall of the empire and before the emergence of the first order. Mm-hmm. So it's like a few years after return of the Jedi. I, I don't know how I, many I, I years think, it yeah, is, but, but, it's but... Just, it's a few years, five. Let, let's just, I'm sure, some, I'm sure one of you know yeah. <laughs> exactly. Somebody knows years. more than we do, but it's really well done. I, I've been, what I'm enjoying about it so far is it, it maintains uh, the same visual style as all of them. Yeah, you, you it, know, like, it fits it's, right it, into it's, the universe. It fits right into the universe. And it's really, it's cool. It's I, I'm enjoying this standalone, you know, deeper dive into a particular character and i and i hope that we get to have more of this and yeah. i can only imagine imagine how good solo or any of those like yeah just any character given the mandalorian treatment i would i'm i'm behind that 100%. yeah yeah <laughs> you know speaking of i would like to see hbo do something like this with maybe some Game of Thrones characters. Yeah, Game of Thrones characters. That would be baller. Well, especially since now that the the universe is set and they're past the books, it gives them more flexibility of what to do, but also without having to put so much in because Game of Thrones had so many characters and a lot going on that, made things very complicated sometimes mm-hmm. to try to wrap up stories because there were so many stories and obviously they couldn't fit everything that was in the books into a show. Yeah. Um, I, I hope that the, the powers that be the media um, deciders out there will start to kind of give these individual stories a chance or at least, you know, Put it out there. See see if the audiences like it. I, and right now, everybody, everybody's in love with Yoda. Little baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. I, I see tattoos. I'm like, holy cow, people. It's just been a few weeks. Yeah. So. Yeah. But, I mean, come on. How can you not love baby Yoda? I mean, look at baby Yoda. Look at him. Yeah. He is but we don't even know. We don't even know. Hey. You know what? We don't we're, know we're the just, gender. We're just guessing. That could not. We're just calling. Not, maybe, we're just saying maybe it's Baby not Yoda. Baby Yoda. Maybe. Well, we know it's not Baby Yoda. <laughs> but what else do you call it? Yeah. When there's this child is not named that we know of so far. We who knows the what gender or anything. Okay, what if y'all reach out? What is that race called? What what is what is Yoda's oh, race? Yeah. It's one of those things that I never really thought about because he was the only, like, quote-unquote Yoda that I've ever seen. Yeah. And so much of the story is so many other, like, people and aliens that I didn't put as much thought into that. And now, yeah, makes you wonder, yeah, like... this will be... The, this is only the second... Uh example of that race and obviously yeah maybe yoda's spirit is inhabiting who knows but well wait a second something that i forgot about is in when they went back and made like the first three movies Mm -hmm. uh did we see more like quote-unquote yodas when they had like the big huge meeting with all the different 
I didn't the see the different representatives I of the different see, in, aliens in, in the in the Senate. No, yeah, I, I never, I never saw. A, it makes me want to go back and watch that again to look and oh, see. I'm sure somebody has actually reach out to us. Tell us, tell us. Oh, internet. Oh, wise one, is what is that species? Tell have us we, about. Have we seen uh, it before? More about Yoda, other than Yoda. It's not Yoda. We get it. Y'all, y'all understand. Um, so yeah, those are the two shows right now that we're diving deep into, but we're watching them concurrently. Usually yeah. we do a what's on our tube um, after we've seen the whole series and yeah. when we, you know, we're coming out of the binge. So yeah. we're still, we're still in it and it's, and it's the season right now. So it's the winter season. Yeah. It's like streaming season, streaming. gaming season. Mm-hmm. I don't want to leave the house season. So, thank you again for joining us for another What's on Our Tube. All right, so we are joined by something of a of a local celebrity uh, representing one of the Upstate's favorite organizations, uh, fandom organizations, the South Carolina Ghostbusters. And uh, representing, we have John Pridmore in the con. John, what's up? Oh, not much. How are you doing today, Dan? Oh, thank you for asking. I'm doing really good. Doing really good. Awesome. Uh, what are you doing here, dude? What's it all about? So we are here today. We are, uh, of course, we are at South Carolina Ghostbusters. We are a charity group. We like to do good things for people. Uh, we are here at the con today. We do a lot of cons, obviously. But uh, we're here today, we're doing a fundraiser for a gentleman uh, in Greenwood, South Carolina, who just got diagnosed with stage four liver and lung cancer. And so we're actually doing a raffle. Uh, we'll be doing the drawing tomorrow, um, but you know, doing a raffle to raise some money for his family. And that's kind of what we do. We go to children's hospitals and uh, do visits over there. We do uh, birthday parties. Uh, we love to do birthday parties for special needs and stuff like that. So yeah, that's, that's kind of our thing. We are, um, you know, like I said, we're just a charity group. Who, we're a bunch of guys who dress up like Ghostbusters. We're goofy and we just love to have fun, so. You know, that's right. You know, people come to these conventions or, you know, they see it on YouTube. It's in their periphery. And they think, oh, well, it's just a bunch of grown-ups running around, you know, playing Halloween every day. And it's like, okay, there's some truth to that. But it's for a cause. You're doing good. You're members of the community, putting into the community, letting everybody know, uh, sharing your fandom in a, in, in a positive way that's generating awareness. Frankly, generating funding for for these really important issues yes absolutely and that's that's kind of the basis of of why we do this um you know little background i was a cosplayer uh before i joined up um i did some shows here and there i like to do that but when i got with these guys and i found out about what it was really about it kind of became less about me being a cosplayer and more about us teaming up to do something good for somebody else so it's kind of the, you know, do good for others kind of thing. And, you know, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a great thing. And we love doing it. We love doing things for people. That's just, you know, that's our backbone. It's nature. It's your nature. Absolutely. Yeah. Taking that cosplay to the next level. Right. Everyone out there, I encourage you. Uh, there's a lot of groups in your area that do this. Uh, take a look. You like cosplaying? 
but you also want to be uh, you, you want to give back you should check them out uh, where can everybody find you okay, so we're on Facebook uh, you can look us up it's uh, just look up South Carolina Ghostbusters we're right there uh, we also have a website um, I believe it's scghostbusters.com, but it may be southcarolinaghostbusters.com. I'm, I can't remember because I'm, I'm not the web guy on that right now, but um, it's scghostbusters.com now that I think about it. Yeah, yeah. So look us up. Uh, we've got a contact, contact us page on there. And, you know, hey. Yeah. Cool. So I guess they would go do that uh, in terms of both donating, uh, scheduling, or even joining. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely, yeah, and you know we're taking recruits all the time. Uh, you know we have a small little thing to do uh, to be able to join. It's very easy: a suit, a belt, and name tags. That's it. Right. Um, you know, and we we try to include everybody and get everybody as many people as want to join. We got you. It's good. So that if uh, so if my cosplay was say classic Ghostbusters, or what if it has the uh, like the orange? Uh, what if it's newer Ghostbusters? Absolutely, same thing. You know, we do that. It's we don't really we're not as strict as some other groups. You know, that have uh, you know movie act accurate or whatever. But you know, um, yeah, we do everything. Regular Ghostbusters, extreme Ghostbusters, real Ghostbusters, the cartoon, the the 2016 movie. Go, yeah, it's all over the place. That's so. what we like to hear. We like to hear that inclusion, yeah, that yeah. acceptance, getting everybody in there. Right? Yeah. It's all about Ghostbusters. All about having a good time and all about doing good work. Yeah, absolutely. That's you know what we're all about so if you guys want to join by all means just know that it is a little bit of work um you know you you take up a weekend to go to a con or you take up a day to go to a birthday party or something like that and it is a little bit of work but it's well worth it It, the rewards are amazing so hey john thank you so much for sharing your time with us today absolutely thank you very much dan i appreciate it thank you (laughs) The answer. The ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything is 42. That's right, Broad Speculation, and on the 42 cast, we bring you drama-free discussions on television shows, movies, video games, novels, and comics. So don't bother thinking about the question, just go straight to the answer. It's only on the 42 cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. We now return you to Beth's regularly scheduled berating of Dan, because he deserves it. I have to say though, Dan, I knew that was going to happen. What? What was? You can't. You can't force it. You're like, you should make a post. People liked your last post. I'm like, you're right. Oh, you can't you're right. force it. We you know, tried to force it. It did not work. Beth, you okay? All of our good listeners out there, uh, okay. Part of the magic, part of the work. That goes into all of this thunder awesomeness. Beth and I, with, with some regularity, that's about every you know average once every two two and a half weeks. We have jam sessions between like nine to noon a.m. Central Eastern whatever. Uh, and Beth tells me everything that I'm doing wrong with Thunder Talk, and she's <laughs> no, and you're right, and you're right. You're like you're like eighty plus percent right, uh, and the other like fifteen percent I pretend I didn't hear, and you're like F- damn. F- I'm Dan. Dan. I so I come home from work, you know. <laughs> uh I have you know just eavesdropped <laughs> on a couple of these conversations. You know, come in and I've been just like grab a bag of potato chips <laughs> and a sandwich and walk out the door. Uh, uh, <laughs> no. No. Like, what this bitch does, what this bitch does is she just uh, tells me 
all of her thoughts and feelings. And then it's my job to turn around and have the conversation. She, she is. Just, she's she much better at conversations. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I don't have time. Yeah. I have. I have to, I'm at work. I I'm had doing no important idea. Things. I had no idea that some of those were being. I mean, hey, it's not like I got a problem with it. I just had no idea that, like, off camera, Kavika's like, no, and tell that motherfucker this, and tell that motherfucker that. And dude, when he did this shit, oh my god! And that last episode, the way he cut that last episode. Trash. So you were jamming with Beth, but with Kavika's thoughts. <laughs> no, you don't want to. You don't want to have a conversation with Kavika. She has oh, no God, patience so to like sit there on the phone for a long I period don't. of time. She would just like probably hang up on you or something. I give. I give constructive criticism. I just found out I, I, that Kavika was filter has has been shadow filtering through Beth and thank God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't want to know Beth. I don't want to know Kavika yeah. going. Oh yeah, and tell that son of a bitch this. I I don't want to. I don't want to know that. I don't want to know. Oh, I don't want that Kavika in the room. This. Yeah. I have to translate from Kavikaese into something more palatable into, for Dan. Into, Dan, into Danese, yeah. 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 And Dan, yes. and Dan appreciates that. Yeah, you, you don't. You don't want an email from me. Oh no, like, that's <laughs> no. I don't want an email from you. Yeah. Well, it'd be like Kavika hasn't sent you an email before, but the email would start with "per my last email." Per my last yes. email, son of a bitch. That was the first yes. email. Okay. It'd be as we discussed, <laughs> comma, yeah, right. here right. we go. Retro Toy Con. Here with Mark. I'm looking, I'm looking right at him. I, I got him in my sights, everybody. Mark just <laughs> isn't this disembodied voice from Atlanta anymore. Mark is sitting on my couch. Mark, what were your impressions? Um, You've been to a lot of cons, man. You're, you're yeah. an old pro at this, dude. So this was my second toy convention. I had done PowerCon back in August in Anaheim, California, and it was all things He-Man and She-Ra. And right. that, I had a really, really great experience right. there. Sold a lot of copies of my book, The Best Saturdays of Our Lives, and really connected with fans. That book was flying, dude. That <laughs> book was flying. Yeah. yeah. And so for today, you know, for Retro Toy Con, um, I had a panel at 11 o'clock, it went really, really well. It yeah. talked about um, Filmation and He-Man and Filmation's partnerships. And um, uh, they had special, if you had a VIP pass, you got it at 9.30. And if you had just a regular ticket, you got it at 10.30. And I'm telling you, at 10.30, everybody, this was the talk oh. of day of, of RetroCon, day one. Everybody talked about how they just got ambushed between like 10:30 and 11:30. Well, check this out. This was this was interesting cuz at 9:30, I'll be honest, more people showed up at 9:30 than I expected. Mm -hmm. That being said, people weren't really hitting hitting your table. Right. At 9:30. And it's like, Wah. and then one of us said that yeah, the VIP folk uh and, and God love them. It's it's a really great deal. You should check it out. I know they're going to be going for 2020. Uh, they come in at 9.30, and those guests, they're in there to get the product, right? They're they're paying good money for good value to get in there and get first crack at what's in there. And there's some, I mean, you know, there was, uh, I interviewed some people today 
uh, Adam Thorne, uh, who we both had met at, uh, through by way of Treklanta. Yes. Saying that this ToyCon, that there were there were there was product in boxes, good boxes, new product, new you know, as in not open yet. He hasn't seen the stuff on the market in that condition for 10, 15 years. Right. And outside of New York. Right. You and know, so there was a lot Atlanta. of there was a lot of variety. There was a lot of one of a kind things that I saw. Like there was a Beretta board game, which oh, dude, dude, I had no right. idea something like that existed. So for people who don't know what Beretta Beretta is, Beretta was a street detective story that starred uh, Robert Blake as you know street smart a detective it was like a slick hip cool sexy detective mm-hmm. he's the creepy thing in twin peaks as well by the way everybody really diverse uh <laughs> really diverse career oh no he was uh there's okay i never saw twin peaks i'm just gonna admit it uh-huh. uh, i know it's not a hipster thing to say Maybe you won't invite me out for coffee. Which version of Twin Peaks are we talking? The original season. Okay. I don't remember him in that. Or no. Or, oh my God, no, maybe it wasn't Twin Peaks at all. I don't think he was in Twin Peaks. No, what was that other crazy David Lynch movie that wasn't Fire Can Walk Um, With Me, which was also Twin Peaks? There was another one. There was a movie that he made like early in his career. Lost Highway. Uh, Lost Highway. Robert Blake, heavily makeup. (laughs) <laughs> Lost Highway. We can't use any of this. No, apparently um, not. I haven't seen Lost Highway. I, I, just I don't remember. even know what Lost Highway is. All right. Well, you know what? That's podcast gold right there, friend. That's free money. That is free money. Good for us. Oh, my God. Good for us. But anyway, um, a Beretta why don't we just, you know, let's just leave it at the Beretta that it was this, this, this. Beretta this, board game, man. Yeah, yeah that it was, was pretty rad. It was, it was, a, it was pretty rad. Pretty, it was know, a good groundbreaking. Yeah, right. You know, um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, Retro Toy Con Take Two. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, uh, yeah. And so, your friend, our friend, uh, Jerry, what's the dude's name? Oh, <laughs> 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 man. You're going to listen to this and say, okay, let me just get to a point. Retro Toy Con Take 3. One of the things that I thought was cool, I saw a lot of toys and products at this Retro Toy Con in Greenville, South Carolina that I had never seen before. Um, Like what? One dealer had a bunch of Charlie's Angels dolls that I never knew I didn't know they made Charlie's Angels dolls. Right. I didn't know that either. And apparently... They not only had the dolls, you know, they had the changing outfits, they had vans. And as one of my friends at the convention put it, he says, yeah, the Charlie's Angels dolls were the soccer moms of the 70s before anyone had come up with the term soccer mom. Oh, wow. Right. And they went around and shot people and fought crime and got into all kinds of high Well, but from a kid's point of view, they just made them fashion dolls. They made them fashion dolls. And called it a day. because They they used the the IP of Charlie's Angels. Right, right. But the ones that he had displayed, they looked like, you know, Farrah looked like Farrah and... And uh, Cheryl Ladd, the Cheryl Ladd doll, looked like Cheryl Ladd. And I was just, like, really impressed. But they didn't come with guns. No, no guns. No? I mean, yeah. So I guess it was sort of like Charlie's Angels when they weren't being detectives or cops. 
It was like what they did on their off time, which you never really saw on the show because they were always battling, you know, or, no, no, they, they, you know, because, taking people in. Because they had guns, dude. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because they had guns. I, 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 I submit to the people, to the good people of Earth, had that toy line come out with guns, right? Mm-hmm. I'm talking if they were true to the, to, to the to, show, to the show, they'd have come with guns. They'd have made villains, you know, they would have made Bosley. Right. Their cars could have had pop-up weapons at a certain point. You know, at some point, you you know, like they made Magnum P.I. toys, right? Right. Well, let's start there. Wait, did they make Magnum P.I. I'm toys? Sure, I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> geez, they, they made well, Magnum P.I. toys. made by Mego? They part of Mego? Because there were Starsky and Hutch toys. I mean, that's, that's like if I'm a betting man. Uh-huh. If I'm a betting man, I would say. I kind of feel like. It feels Mego, doesn't it? Yeah. It feels Mego. Yeah. Mego went after all the, all the. I think I've said IP like five times, mm-hmm. but it's a very simple. It's two letters that totally describes a brand, product, entertainment, idea, story, concept, film, TV, whatever. All in two letters. Wow. Mego was all about those licenses. Right. You know, it's it feels like to me. Weren't, weren't they doing both DC and Marvel at the same time? Yeah, they were. Toys? And sometimes I mean, we'll put yeah. them in, in ads together. Well, together, yeah. So that was right. really the truly first right. DC Marvel crossover, if you think right. about it. Um, that and the uh, Captain Action um, advertisements where Captain Action, you oh, can buy. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and Captain Action was at the RetroCon today, too. This guy... The bearded um, one? Um, no, not the bearded one. So Captain okay. Action was this, he looked like a G.I. Joe character. He was, you know, sort of, you know, the same scale. But Captain Action would, um, you can buy a Superman uh, Oh no, uh, you could. Yeah, mask right. and uniform or right. Captain America mask and right. uniform both, and boots. Both, yeah. And um, it was pretty cool. And it was a smart business choice because... DC and Marvel at the time were not making their own action figures, but it was a way for them to get action figures out there, you know, through the Captain Action uh, toy line. So I saw some of those today, too. Some of the originals today. Oh, nice. Oh, cool. And I look at the prices, and I'm like, of course it's this price. Well, of course it's $809 million. Million trillion dollars. You know? Right. But there's some stuff that was, like, really reasonably priced, too, that was like, you know... Not too much, and uh, you didn't feel like you were breaking your piggy bank, you know. But right. toy collectors are the real deal. They are serious. Uh, to your point about uh, people who pay VIP, you know, they have paying VIP. Yes, you pay more, but you also have certain advantages because you get to see the product before anyone does. Well, no, see- and you don't necessarily have to fight with everyone to get the product because not everyone's going to pay for VIP. So there are definitely see, certain cool advantages. Because that, that 800 million billion dollars for Action Man mm-hmm. is is uh is the market value. It's the and what's cool, okay, you can jump on something like eBay. Right. And try to get a low try to get a lower price. Try. Mm-hmm, I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, because they all got eBay. Right. Right. The first app these vendors have is Cash App, PayPal, Apple Pay, whatever. Mm-hmm. The second app is eBay, dude. Right. <laughs> okay. Right. Because right. that's the market index. That is that's the Wall Street Journal mm-hmm. of the toy collector dealer. So the price you're getting, but see, you know, eBay, there's a certain level of rolling the dice. You go here and hold it in your hand. You can, mm-hmm. dude, you can sniff it if you need to. Right. If that's the thing, you, right. you know what I mean? 
if it's Mr. Sniffs a lot, you know, between 1974 and 82, yeah, then you're going to need to be able to sniff that. You can't do that on, 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 on eBay. The other thing was that sometimes, you know, I would go up to tables and I would ask, well, who's this? And they would say, oh, I'm not sure who that's supposed to be. Right. Um, and sometimes, uh, so that kind of surprised me too, that, you know, there are some unidentified toys right. that people are not 100% sure who those toys belong and to. And God love them for throwing them out there. Right, right. You know, the, good thing, the good thing about it is that those toys may not be as expensive. Back when I was in the toy selling, mm-hmm. buying and selling game, uh, back when I was in the toy selling and buying <laughs> you, game. You mean the current game? Don't you sell toys uh, now? No, I'm no. I, I need money sometimes now. Uh, back then I sold them. Uh-huh. <laughs> like legit. Uh-huh. and sold it, legit. It kind of <laughs> sounds like, uh, now, you know, in The Little Mermaid, you know, there's a scene where Ursula says, Back when I was at the castle, before I got banished (laughs) for being bad and being a witch, you know, that's what that sounded like just now. Back when I was in the toy game. (laughs) I totally forgot what I was going to say, dude. Um, Well, back when you were in the toy game. No, I know I said that. You just made fun of it for like a minute. It's what I, it's why I said that that I forgot. But you made fun of it first. <laughs> oh, hey, welcome to Thunder Talk, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm just like I'm yeah. just going with right. the flow here. Yeah. Hey, welcome to now, pal. Welcome to now, everybody. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Retro Toycon Day Two. We are joined by Thunder Talk's mightiest Avenger, Sexy Thor. What's up, dude? As well as should be. All is now right in the Thunderverse. Yes, it is now no longer Lightning Lad flying solo like he likes to complain that he was doing all during Dragon Con. Now Sexy Thor is here, so he can be like, you never hung out with me at Retro Toy Con. I'm still going to bitch. That's, I'm still going to complain about that. <laughs> I mean, you know, I did me Dragon Con weekend, so... No, you're right, you're right. Uh, you're living your best life while I'm trying to put out our best podcast, so, you know, priorities, right? Exactly, I got a job to do here. <laughs> Uh, so who are we uh, interviewing? Um, all right. Sexy Thor here with somebody that we've been uh, looking to interview since SC Comic-Con, but we couldn't find him. Matt, how are you? I'm good. The five of first. When did you join? I joined officially in 2017, but I've known about it since uh, 2009. All right, all right. And what are some of the works, experiences that you've gone through with this? I think the best works I've done is working with the Children's Hospital, uh, visiting the kids in costume. Obviously, as a stormtrooper, not as Darth Nihilus, or, uh, and also as Vader as well, too, but visiting the kids and making their day a little bit brighter by showing them uh, how awesome our costumes are and um, bringing smiles to their faces. That's good. That's good. So, of course, you've done SC Comic Con here at Retro Toy Con. Uh, what other cons have you done? Uh, I've been to a few other cons. Nothing extravagant, though, but uh, I have plans for Dragon Con this year. Yes. Um, I tried to go to Celebration this year, but I couldn't uh, get the tickets in time, so I'm waiting to see if tickets come back available. Um, just like local events around here, like visiting kids at their homes that are sick for like Make-A-Wish. Uh, we do other things like uh, Free Comic Book Day for like Borderlands, uh, Richard's Comics. We did Upstate PopCon uh, recently, which is at the Shriners uh, Convention Center in Greenville. It was uh, last month, I believe. And then we do like Boo in the Zoo for the Greenville uh, Zoo. And we do lots of fun things for the community and uh, bring Star Wars to life for people that can't experience it, like going to Disney World and stuff. 
Where were you during SC Comic Con? I was uh, there as Darth Vader and um, hanging out with meeting people here and there. That explains why I never realized you were there because I was looking for a stormtrooper. <laughs> Understandable. Matt, it was great to see you again, man. Hopefully see you at Comic-Con and Dragon-Con this year. Absolutely, and we'll also be out there at um, Simpsonville Regal Cinemas doing the opening night for Star Wars Rise of Skywalker, if you want to come down and see us. We'll be there at 6 p.m. till about when it's done, about 10 o'clock. All right, sounds good. Well, Matt, thank you. Enjoy your con. Uh, I am personally kind of having a fanboy moment here. Uh, hanging out with one of my favorite YouTubers, Pixel Dan. Mr. Pixel, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? Awesome, awesome. Uh, you know, I've been a huge fan of your channel. Uh, you're a giant in, in the toy collecting realm of, of YouTube. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> what got you into it? What got me into what? Toy collecting? Two, or two, hey, load, loaded two part question. Yeah. Let's go with uh, what got you into toy collecting. What got me into toy collecting? So, I've obviously been a toy fan my whole life, right? And I've got the nostalgic connection to everything I had as a kid. Like all of us, I feel like that's a pretty generic answer for every toy collector, right? But uh, I would say what made the shift for me, like, you know, I got rid of all my childhood toys when I got too cool for toys. I went through that phase. Right. But all, it, all of a sudden, it's Guns N' Roses and Camel Cigarettes. and Yeah, yeah right, right, right. And girls and all totally, that kind of stuff. Totally, totally. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in 1995, the new Star Wars figures came out. Power of the Force 2. Power of the Force 2. And all of a sudden, I'm walking through the store, and I see this Luke and this Vader, and I'm like, oh... Hey, these are cool. It was, it was like the old, it was like that old junk again. You exactly. Know what I mean? Even though they were yoked up, even though they were like half He-Man right. figures. Yeah, they're all buffed out. Mm-hmm. Hey, whatever. He-Man's my favorite toy line, oh, no, so yeah. maybe, maybe that was totally appealing to me. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. Oh my God, it was like it was like uh, you've been sober for five years, and all of a sudden. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm, I'm all of a sudden I'm buying these, and then full on I'm just buying all these Star Wars figures. Like I'm just, it's, it's a, it's a sickness at this point, right? Now I'm, now I'm collecting, and. Of course, once I'm like out of high school and I'm out on my own and I've got my own income, well, now I'm like, I want to start picking up my old He-Man figures that I had as a kid. I want to start buying the old Ninja Turtles figures I had as a kid. And it was just all over at that point. So, yeah. So many, I love your personal take on what is a story that, that's my story. Yeah. 95 is when it was all just started going downhill. And then, you know, you get out of it, you come back in. It's like, every time I think I'm out... They pull me back in. Absolutely. I always, I always kind of jokingly call the, the 95 Star Wars line the gateway drug to no, collecting. Thank you. Thank because you. I feel like so many of us like became collectors in that moment. You know what I mean? Like our kids, or like our parents enabled our, you know, having toys. Right. And those toys were the toys we ended up buying again 20 years later. But it's once we had some money, our own money in our own exactly. pocket. Plus the 90s is where the toy companies started like really focusing on collector stuff. You know, because that's where we got the birth of McFarlane and all this stuff. And suddenly, suddenly toys weren't just for kids anymore. Well, that's when Gen X started taking the helm. Exactly. You know? Right. Exactly. And yeah, and, and you know, and then everybody's, all of us are growing up and now we're getting jobs in the toy companies and we're making the toys we always wanted. And so it just keeps, the cycle just keeps feeding now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's right. How did you parlay that into YouTube? 
Man, so it, all the way back in like 2007 now at this point, uh, I had started watching a lot of YouTube videos, mostly about like retro video games, because I also have an appreciation for my old Nintendo and Super Nintendo, all that stuff. So that kind of became a, a big thing on YouTube at the time. Like all of a sudden you've got like the angry video game nerd and all these guys talking about these old video games and the nostalgia's coming back. So I'm watching this and I'm kind of getting a feel for what YouTube is. And it was one of those things where I was like, you know, I, I feel like I want to do this, but if I'm going to do this, I'm going to find my own thing. I'm not going to just do what everybody else is doing. And I'm a big toy collector. So why don't I talk about these toys that I have in my collection? So it kind of started out with me just talking about like uh, some of the He-Man figures I had in my collection. I did like videos like talking about all the different versions of He-Man that came out over the years. And, and then just to kind of tie... Battle action He-Man, you click. Yes! More, more. That was my, that was my, that was my only He-Man. Oh, really? That was the, the only one? Yeah. You know, he's, was... he's a lot of people's favorite, and I think because a lot of kids had that one specifically. Well, you know, they never re-ran the, the original, uh, the, the principal cast. Oh, yeah, That's yeah, yeah. what kind of tanked the, the... Yeah, he was the, hard to get. Yeah. Like, that was a problem in the vintage line. Like, there wasn't right. enough He-Man and Skeletor at first, and the kids wanted him. And then, yeah, we start getting all these new versions of the characters. Right. Right. So when a variant came out, it was like, that's this is, is my chance. Yep. This is my one chance to have the man. Exactly, right. exactly. So that was a lot of fun, and I actually got a lot of positive response to it. And I even kind of, like... Uh, started matching up with like the video game stuff I was watching by doing my own version of it by talking about video game toys and so like I did like this show that finding I, that angle yeah finding I was finding angle. an angle and I was trying to uh, get that audience and everything but it totally just developed into this like once I started getting a reaction to it and I was realizing people were liking it it became even more fun for me so I just started talking about all kinds of toys anything and everything and before you knew it like uh, Mattel is contacting me and they're saying hey what you're doing is really cool if we start sending you the new He-Man figures that are coming out, would you be interested in doing videos? And I was like, and at that time, like, are you kidding me? That was mind-blowing for me. Like, what? Wait, they want to give me yeah. toys? Yes. Wait, and they, no, you give them to me? <laughs> exactly. Right. Right. So it just became this, this amazing thing. And before you knew it, I'm like planning trips to go to San Diego Comic-Con so that I can cover what's going on. And then I'm going to New York Toy Fair. And here I am almost 12 years later, and I've, I've, I've built this whole community on right. YouTube. It's amazing. This whole you know, big fish in a digital pond. Yeah. Got, got, got the Pixel Dan Empire going. The Pixel Dan Empire. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Um, if I can get a word from you about how YouTube has now changed the algorithm again, I just watched your video that yes, you put out. Yes. Uh, just uh, What was it, last week? Uh-huh explaining Copa, yeah. how, you know, there are a lot of channels, uh, Pixel Dan is one of the best, arguably the best, YouTube channel out there on the subject of adult retro toy collecting, Right. yet you're being nailed by an algorithm that's labeling you as, a ch as, as children's content, right. and then when it's meshed with your actual content, you're getting policy violations yes. because you're not for kids. Right. So if, a word on that. Yeah, it's a really weird time right now. And, um, you know, this whole thing stems from the FTC uh, basically fining YouTube uh, over the fact that they were collecting data on minors. And the reason YouTube does that is for, like, their advertising, right? Uh, but there's, like, a, there's a law that's in place called COPA or COPPA, which is, like, the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, which was written in 1998, hasn't really been updated a whole lot since, doesn't really apply to the world as it is today, and that's what's causing the problems. So 
because YouTube got this big fine, they had to make these changes to keep from collecting kid, my, uh, data on kids. So their solution to that was, well, now every video has to be marked as for kids or not for kids. And like the things that they're saying are for kids videos are such a wide blanket of things that it's just not fair. Like they're, they're basically saying, well, if it's got animation or it's about animation or comic books or toys or video games, it's for kids. And if it's for kids, we're, you can't have ads and we're not going to recommend your videos to anybody and basically we're going to send your video away into a void. So it's really weird and scary right now. And then at the same time, you've got the FTC going, and we're also going to hold content creators liable. So if we catch you, we're going to find you directly. We're going to, as opposed to the platform. As opposed to the platform. So it got really weird and scary for a little bit. But now there's a, there's a lot of motion with it, and like the FTC is like taking comments from the public because they're rewriting the COPA laws because they understand they're outdated, and. We're trying, like, basically the community is trying to get YouTube to um, be a little more specific. Like, you can't just throw this wide net out there and say all of this content is for kids. Like, you've got to find a way to identify the actual made-for-kids content. And, and you apply, apply whatever rules you think you need to apply to that stuff. But for those of us that are general audiences stuff, like, I don't make my videos for kids. I can see why they're attractive to kids. But that's not the same thing. That's not your audience. That's yes. not your demo. It's not the same thing. So that's, that's what we're hoping is getting worked out. I will say things seem to be shifting in a positive direction at this point. Like, the FTC has even come out and made some updates to their verbiage, kind of specifying that there is a general audiences thing and that if, you're, if your channel is attractive to kids but not made for kids, you don't actually count under the COPA thing. So we're kind of pushing YouTube now to like, well, you've got to give us this other option. You can't just say one or the other. Like we've got to have like a mixed audiences option. So that's what we're hoping for right now. And you know, I'm going to just keep pushing forward and doing the thing I do, and I'm going to I'm gonna hope and have faith that we're going to get this whole thing worked out. So. I mean, crossing our fingers. Yeah. Because I want, on my YouTube feed, on my Roku, on my TV, yeah. I want Pixel Dan. Absolutely. And I want my 8-year-old daughter to know, learn how to make glitter slime. Right. Okay? Yeah. And I don't want Pixel Dan to get nerfed from my recommendations. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And that's, that's exactly right, because... How many parents around the country are just letting their kids watch videos on their accounts, you know? It's not fair to, like, generalize this stuff. And you've got to let the parents make these decisions, too. Like, if a parent wants to let their kid watch a slime video, well, that usually, should be okay. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, I don't, yeah. want, I don't want four or five different YouTube accounts. Exactly. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. I just... just it's uh, the, YouTube. Don't make me think that hard. Right. I love you. Right. But there's a limit. Right. Exactly. So, and I think they're getting kind of pummeled right now with comments and everything on this. And I think they know that they have things that they need to fix. So, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that we're going to get through this whole thing. There's been scares. You know, there's been issues. There's been hiccups before. There's right. been course corrections before. Right. And generally, they've worked things out. Right. For the most part for the better right, right exactly and this could be one of those things where it's not near as bad as we're fearing maybe when things go into uh, to effect it'll be fine it'll work itself out maybe they just needed to kind of start that way and then make adjustments as they go i don't know um i think it's it, it is smart though that people understand what's going on and it's always good to prepare for the worst just in case you know but but yeah i'm holding out hope we're gonna get through it so cool well so am i so are we hey pixel dan where can everybody find you 
Oh, awesome. So if you go to YouTube, you can just do a search for Pixel Dan. You'll find my channel, uh, which is where you're going to find all of my content. It's where I do like coverage of these Comic-Cons and toy fairs. I do toy history videos, all kinds of cool stuff like that. Uh, if you're on Twitter or Facebook just or Instagram, just look me up under Pixel Dan. It's very simple. Right on, right on, friend. Well, hey, dude, thank you so much for taking the time. Hey, appreciate you, it. I appreciate yeah. talking Hey, to you have a good one. Yeah, uh, yeah thank you. This is a 30-second ad spot for the Black Market Toast Podcast, where we take a piece of media out of the cupboard, dust it off, toast it up, and serve it as something completely new. What? Well, it means we either listen to or watch a movie or TV show or piece of music, and then... It's not like we just use whatever media we pick as a conversation starter. <laughs> well, because it's fun, okay? Listen to it on your podcatcher of choice, and follow us on Facebook or something. Corey Owens, local videographer. We met him, Mark and I, at Retro ToyCon, Greenville 2019. We were certainly happy to meet him here in the studio with us tonight. Hey, Corey, how you doing? It's good to uh, talk to you again. Oh, it's a pleasure as always. Yeah, so um, we all uh, participated in, you know, Retro ToyCon up in uh, Greenville, South Carolina, and we had a pretty good time. And I'm getting my table set up, and... The first person to show up at my table is Corey. You and Cousin It were on my docket of people I had to meet. <laughs> oh, wow. It's like a fan's dream to be on the same <laughs> billing as Cousin It. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and and kids, for those of you who don't know who Cousin It is, he is the infamous cousin from the Adams Family series. That's right. Yeah. Big, big walking ball of fur. Hair. Hair, actually. <laughs> Beautiful hair, if I, if I recall. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What is Cousin It using? Like, what kind of product does he, is, <laughs> is he going for? Because it it's works. It works. Mm -hmm. I mean, deep deep down, we don't even know what, what Cousin It is. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? Okay. Physically deep down, you're totally right. I think, I think spiritually deep down, he, he's a hair model. Oh, there you go. You know, something walking the runway at uh, New York Fashion Week. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, Corey, uh, Cousin It and Mark McRae. <laughs> right. Yeah. You were actually the first table uh, I arrived at once I got there. You told us what your mission was at the Retro Toy Convention, and you volunteered to film my panel, which I was just, you know, over the moon about. Because, you know, Dan and I were thinking about how we were going to do things, you know. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, you were we were sitting there like, hey, you know, you know what would make this panel just the best, the best panel, and it, there's like this pause, and then boom, Corey, there you are with your camera. It was perfect. <laughs> what are you doing with your life, Corey? What are you all about? Backstory: I ran for mayor of my town when I was 21, and uh, one of my campaign promises was to always help small businesses or independent businesses grow. Uh, so I was like, well, what's one way I can influence the lives of others and just make people's lives better? And that's through videography. So uh, that's what brought me to Retro Toy Con. I actually, um, I traded the uh, owner of Retro Toy Con a claw machine I acquired a few months back just to be able to get VIP access to the event. Damn. Yeah, a claw <laughs> machine. So... <laughs> Just so that we're clear, and I think, you know, the audience would definitely want to know, why did you have a claw machine? 
So the funny thing about that claw machine is it actually does not have a claw. I was going through this one neighborhood and I passed by this 1980s clawless claw machine with a <laughs> take me, I'm free sign. You, I don't know how uh, how anybody got it lifted up because that thing is at least five, 600 pounds. It broke a hand truck to even get it moved. <laughs> Wow. So did you actually buy a claw? He said it was missing a claw, right? No, no, no. They're going to they're going to purchase a claw for it. I mean, oh. it's uh, it, it still has all its guts and such stuff, but it just doesn't right. have its claw. Wow. Yeah, I don't I don't know how I feel about the claw machine in general. I mean, you know, it's kind of a tricky a tricky thing. My kids and I, we were suckers for the claw machine for many years and sometimes we were able to grab things and sometimes we were not i remember i went for an angel and i grabbed it and it was falling out of the claw but the angel had you know sort of like uh uh curly hair it, it completely fell out of out of out of the claw's grass but the hair kind of held on and that's how we were able to get um <laughs> <laughs> the angel out of there because this hair was like not letting go. Not letting and go. um and then one time my son won uh, a magneto from, you know, Marvel's X-Men. Magneto was a stuffed magneto and uh he won that somehow. But it's like it's the positioning of the toy and it's it's just like it's a real you have to have like a real technique in order to get any toys out of a claw machine. You do. You do have to have a technique. Mark, you also need to have an addictive personality, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, now, let yes. me, is, were any of our parents here uh, addicted to gambling? You know, that's never mind. I'm not going to. That's it's none of my business. My mom was. But uh, instead of casinos, it was claw machines. And she would. <laughs> this is no lie. This is, this is so true. <laughs> for about a year, for about a year, she, you know, whenever we would end up going out for pizza, you're in a place with an arcade, which we found ourselves in more and more as she spiraled out of control. She would sit there and pump real money into these claw machines and she'd get up on the side of it and was perfecting her technique. And then got to the point where she would go out and do the claw machine uh, either without us or you know, without the ceremony of pizza night or after sport, little league, whatever get together where arcades are. And claw machines be, she would go off and do this. There was one time we had to sit in the car for over an hour while she went into a bar. She went into a bar. It was the Trail oh Two my Pub. Gosh. She went into a bar like between like three and four thirty in the afternoon while we sat in the van, and because they had a claw machine in there. Hey, you know I hate to admit we, it, but we you know I pray to that. Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, for a while, because we got lucky and won a couple of toys for a while, you know, we were, we were willing to literally roll oh, yeah. the dice oh, yeah. on more toys. And, and you know, you realize that it is addictive and you're just like, no, I just got to stop. No, that's and the real. Thing is, that's real. I, I don't even need whatever is in the claw machine. Oh, you know, you know oh, I was amen. I was like in middle amen. school, like seventh grade when this was happening. And I had an entire massive dresser drawer just full of these toys because she would win and she didn't give a shit about the toys. It's almost like she'd throw it over her back. She'd be like, here, kid, take this. I don't want it. I don't need it. 
right? Whenever she would win, it was all about the hunt and the victory. And that whole year, seventh grade year, (laughs) I was, I would take these and give these to girls at school. They'd be like, Oh, thank you. Thank you. Creep for giving me. (laughs) That's awesome. Great. Thanks. Yeah. She didn't give a damn about the toys. It was, it was all about the takedown. That's that's the next up podcast, the Claw Machine, that's America's right, the unknown addiction. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Let's talk about cosplay. Cosplay. Let's talk about the oh, cosplay we saw. Oh boy! I mean, I saw a Cobra Commander that was on point. I'm talking shiny face Cobra Commander. Uh, uh, there was also a really badass Rick Sanchez that showed up. Oh, uh, what's yeah. going on with that? Uh, see, that's where I thought you were going with that. I put on an old man mask came into the convention dressed as uh, the black version of Rick from Rick and Morty with a dinosaur companion played the Scooby-Doo music ripped my mask off and pretended to be a younger version of Rick <laughs> well, and you also had these funky <laughs> hover shoes going. oh yep can't for yeah so I yes I I had a pair of hover shoes which is basically like too many hover uh hoverboards so yeah. they're in, yeah individual hoverboards for your feet it's pretty rad it's pretty rad so Beth you've uh really gotten into this streaming thing haven't you yes we haven't really had an opportunity to uh, talk about it here on Thunder Talk, have we? Well, we've talked about it a little bit. We we haven't got like in depth about it, but we've talked about it some. Okay, so uh, coming up here next month, you're going to have the opportunity to go to Pack South. Yes. What what what's Pack South? Well, it's a convention, a gaming convention. Uh, it was started by Penny Arcade. I don't know if you remember Penny Arcade. Okay. Back on the internets in the day. Um, I haven't looked at Penny Arcade in a long time. Now it makes me wonder, because I don't I don't think about it that much, you know. It's like I wonder they they still doing what they used to do, like little flash games and shit. Okay, so you're you're getting ready to go to PAX and one of the things that happens in PAX is streaming, right? So you're gonna yeah. have, you're gonna have a lot of streamers and Right now, your favorite uh, streaming platform is Mixer. Well, that's where I stream. That's where I've found friends and, you know, trying to build a community. Um, I do spend a little bit of time on Twitch, but I don't stream on Twitch. I haven't tried. I don't know. I just, I don't know as much about Twitch as I do about Mixer, but I feel like mixer is a better place for me to be as a streamer i feel like on twitch i don't know if i would get views i don't know <laughs> okay well talk to us a little bit then about your streaming style. so you're, you're streaming on mixer yes you've met several of the mixer personalities the the partners and mm-hmm. part do, does partnership work the same as it does with twitch or do you know because I know there's like some type of partnered. It's um, similar. Um, so on Twitch, and actually I just learned this recently because there were people that I thought were partnered on Twitch that were not partnered on Twitch. And so there's different levels. Yes. Of- on Twitch, there's Twitch affiliates. And so affiliate is like the diet coke of being partnered people can sub to you so you can still monetize you can still you can still monetize but i just think that you don't 
maybe you don't get as much. Mm -hmm. And I think partnered people too, like you'd have to be partnered to get some of the things like a spot on the front page. Okay. To get like extra, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Views or? Promotion. Okay. So Mixer and Twitch are real, t- I mean, they're, they're both the two biggest um, streaming, platforms. streaming platforms right yeah. now. Well, Mixer used to be Beam, right? Yes. So back maybe five, eight years, ten years. I don't know. I'm just throwing a number out there. No. A, a while ago, Mix or Microsoft bought Beam. Yes. And they rebranded it to Mixer. Mixer. And since then, it's now become embedded on Xboxes. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, you just go to like to a different tab. Like you just like you would go to the store or your character or anything like that. Yeah. Um, you just create a mixer account and then you can you link your Microsoft account, of course, with that. And then so you can I'm, stream just straight from your Xbox. You stream both in front of the Xbox and at your PC. So yes. it, it works really good good with I'm gonna guess like my other Microsoft products. And then, so you, what games, how, how does that work? What, what, uh, what programs do you use? Things like that. I mean, from the Xbox, since it's just built in, you basically just have to have an Xbox and maybe a connect if you want people to be able to see you. So that's the easiest and probably the best for, uh, if you're just starting out, if you're just starting out and you just want to look at it and just see what the people are streaming, I guess. Yeah. And then if you're streaming from the PC, you need a program like Streamlabs or uh, I think Lightstream just opened up abilities for Mixer because everybody, of course, everybody does everything for Twitch. Twitch is the biggest. Twitch is the most known. So, you know, the different companies, the different programs that you can use to run your stream through, they all have Twitch capabilities. But one thing that Mixer has that Twitch doesn't is the mix play. Mix it up. Oh, that's that's those. Uh, it's like a panel of buttons, and then you can just, uh, I guess, change each of your buttons to you can do certain set, certain you, actions. Yeah, you can set up a, a mix play board with buttons, and you can tell the different buttons what to do and. You know, you can set up when one of your friends comes into the stream, a certain like little short video will play or a sound effect happens or a GIF comes up. There's different things that you can do other than just making a mix play board. But it definitely is fun interaction. And depending on the streamer and what they're streaming and kind of what their personality is, sometimes it really enhances things like uh one streamer, she hasn't been streaming lately, but Dusty Thighs, she plays a lot of horror games. And so she has, she would always have a jump scare button. So you'd try to hit her when she's in the middle of intense gameplay so, uh, and it, it startle allows, her. like audience interaction. Yes. Um, so you're talking about uh, this, this streamer called Dusty Thighs. What, mm-hmm. what other popular streamers out there would maybe our listeners be interested in? in watching possibly if they just came over to mixer real quick well of course like everyone knows ninja and shroud and king goth lion out of those three honestly king yeah. goth lion i like his personality the best 
I think he's a pretty chill dude. And, and he, his stream style is laid back and yeah, and he actually authentic. and he yeah. actually interacts with chat some. Like I don't see Shroud and Ninja doing that as much. And maybe it's because the chat is just moving too fast. Maybe it's their gameplay choice because if you're playing Fortnite, you can't necessarily like chat with people if you're playing, you know. But um Gotham Lion, another thing I like about him is he mixes it up and plays more different games. But some people, if you're super into watching Fortnite, like, go for it. Go watch Ninja play Fortnite, you know? Because that's pretty much what Ninja does. Pretty plays, much. Plays Fortnite. Um, King Gotham Lion. And uh, then, I've uh, seen like, him play at least five or six different games during yeah. just one stream, which yeah. that's pretty cool. I like that. I like mix it, mix Mm -hmm. things up, play some different games. But personally, I'm the type of person I follow streamers more for their personality. And I don't care what game they're playing. Even if they're playing Fortnite, it's like, if I like the personality of the streamer, they can play Fortnite. I don't care. I'm there to like hang out with them and chat with them and interact with the community. So streamers that i follow personally and i enjoy would be sonic hugs he's like he's british, british dude yeah, british he's super funny awkward. he is he's amusing he's very funny i mean when something happens like sometimes he'll cuss and he'll sometimes he'll be like your mother's an apple tart or you know very funny uh rainbow light bright she and yeah, I she's are got friends. Some personality. She's good she's, time. She's very fun. She plays a lot of Smite she's and Paladins. Yes, Salt. <laughs> Hashtag Salt Life. Um, of course, there's our friend the Dank Tater. Dank. He he plays a lot of uh like Realm Royale. Yeah, uh, Realm Royale. I've seen him. I played with him on Overwatch. Yeah, Paladins. I think he did. Did he do Paladins? I don't know. I don't know. I know Rainbow does Paladins. Yeah, she does Paladins. Uh, let's see who else. PT Barpun. She does a lot of like makeup streams, but she'll also do gaming like Minecraft and uh, Overwatch. Fourth Room Brewing. He's a really cool dude. He does gaming, but he also brews beer on stream. That's cool. I see streaming a lot like podcasts where. There's a lot of variety, different people doing different things, and there's something out there to attract everyone. You know, it's like you you may love Fortnite and want to watch people play that. You may want to watch someone cook. You may want to watch or someone do a web show. Anything. There's yes. a lot of, I see there's a lot of possibilities. You could find your own niche you know yeah. like area yeah and then, you know just just stream it just and like it. And rhino lion does the pottery streams yeah. and there are people that do music streams ill cat does the djing yeah i she, like the djing uh that one guy who does the guitar playing and he's from like yeah jake jake green he's very good and sometimes he'll also stream his live music shows mm-hmm. or um, him just playing music in his house and uh there's uh I think it's M- Mixity. I think that's I think that's how it's pronounced. She does a little like web shows and interviews about mental health. So that's really cool. So this and all this can be found on Mixer. Right. Um, yeah. So from what I've even witnessed of Mixer, I'm not on it as often as you are. But it's um, the content is more curated, I think. Oh, yeah. there's a wide like, variety of content yeah. out there 
And I, I'm assuming that there's the same on Twitch. I haven't spent as much time over there. And honestly, the streamers that I have been following on Twitch are kind of similar, which, mm -hmm. you know, it's because Your that's the content taste. that I like. Exactly. But I can't speak for the entire Twitch community. I haven't seen enough of it. But I have so much respect for the Twitch streamers that I do follow and that I do watch their streams and the community that they're building. They're all younger. I would say they're at like the bottom end of the millennials or the top end of Gen Z. And the things that they're doing in the community that they're building, like, I love it. Like Ashley Lo Roboto, Luxie Games, Play with Jumbo, uh, there's more. I can't think of it. But they're all these, like, females who are all building each other up. Yeah. And, like, if people give them shit, they're just like, no, you're not welcome here. Don't do that. Well, that's good that they're creating a support system yeah. in the community that they want. And not just that, but it's cool, too, to see them having so much emotion and, like, crying on stream and it not being like a big being thing okay with it yes because it's like of course when we were younger it would have been like don't mm -hmm. cry in front of people and mm -hmm. you know people would have given you just, shit. it's just it's, just it's that. normal it's just, just let it do the thing yeah i mean obviously there's times and places for every behavior <laughs> yeah but you know it is just emotion just let it go yeah and another thing is I was in Ashley's stream and someone came in and they're like, oh, well, it's good to see, you know, good things happening for you and not the thoughts that we usually see on the front page. And she schooled that person. She yeah. was like, no, we don't talk about other women that way in this stream. Good. And like kicked him out basically it was like you that's not how we treat women that's not how we talk about well, other I, women I wish that we could do this do that kind of pruning and rick and normal life like this is the behavior that we don't tolerate certain behavior you're not welcome you yeah know, or you know well your you're behavior. welcome you, you, if you can not behavior. be an asshole yeah. yeah respect everybody uh what else can you tell us about Mixer? It sounds like a pretty cool place um, to watch some streaming and all kinds yes. of different content. Yes. And another thing, there is a lot of streaming for charity. Where Where are we going to find you? Well, you'll find me at Mixer.com slash Noplahoma. So it's just the same as your Twitter and everything? Yes. Excellent. Yes. So you're doing this for charity. Uh, what, yes. What groups have come together for this? Well, Extra Life, all of the charities are for kids, and different people can pick a different local hospital for kids. Very cool. So for, if you go to my page personally, it's a link for an Oklahoma City area children's hospital. For more information, go to twitter.com slash noplahoma you know what i'd like is i would like you to stream for our thunder faithful sometime i think that would be a good time well i mean our thunder faithful if they get on mixer they can find me that's right so get out there find noplahoma and you have a wonderful day you have a wonderful day <laughs>
Motley Crue's back on the tour circuit for the first time in four years after disbanding as a touring unit on New Year's 2015 after signing a cessation of touring agreements a couple years earlier and in traditional Motley Crue fashion they literally blew the contract right up so they'll be on tour this summer 2020 with Def Leppard, Poison, and Joan Jett and the Black Arts. So check any of those sites for tour dates to see if they're coming to a city near you. Also, earlier last week, we got our first look at the first movie post-Infinity Saga. Because uh, I, I guess we kind of count Far From Home as part of the Infinity Saga, kind of like the epilogue. And it is, of course, Marvel Studios' Black Widow, which takes place in between Civil War and Infinity War, and features uh, Rachel Weisz and Florence Pugh and David Harbour as Red Guardian, doing stuff and acting in a way that isn't too different from what Chief Hopper would be up to after he gets stuck in Russia. I mean, just saying. And also, strangely, it has a de-aged, um, what's-his-face? Secretary Ross, to which, like, if it takes place after Civil War, you, you really don't need to DH him all that much, but that's just me. Also, coming Friday the 13th, which may or may not be after you already hear this, Marvel's Runaways third season will have dropped on Hulu. It has Morgan Le Fay as the main antagonist and will be the crossover with Marvel's Cloak and Dagger from the Freeform show that is sadly now cancelled, Marvel's Cloak and Dagger. But what's not cancelled is Crisis on Infinite Earths. It is finally here. By the time you listen to this, probably all three parts will have dropped, but so far I've only seen the first one, which was the Supergirl Hour, where they all landed on Earth-38 where Supergirl takes place. And no spoilers, but um, there, there's plenty of great cameos. There's some hell of a lot of stakes. I'm just saying. I just realized to myself after I saw the episode. Uh, my favorite thing about it probably is the fact that it's endgame level stakes. Endgame level story. But that endgame level never ending concession line for a whole weekend. Non-existent because it's on TV, baby. <sighs> but what is coming to the silver screen is Wonder Woman 1984. That first trailer just dropped on December 8th. And looks pretty nifty so far. She seems very, very 80s. And that will be coming June 5th, 2020. Just four months after Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. And those are your headlines of issue 18. This has been WTLK The Thunder. Drink, fight, and make your ancestors proud. Hail, Thunder Faithful. Do you want to listen to Sexy Thor just talk off the top of his head with a vague outline? So does Sexy Thor. Then join your favorite Asgardian every Mjolnir Monday as he talks what happened with Marvel, DC, and what happens in the WWE in a way that I try to make listenable to wrestling fans and non-fans alike. And more. Tune in to WTLK The Thunder. Hello. Have you ever wondered how much Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster sold Superman's rights to DC for? Or which uh, popular football star was uh, the Sam Wilson the Falcons' physical appearance based on? 
You can find all that and more at the History of Comic Books podcast, a podcast dedicated to the creators, events, history, and the companies that made the great comic book medium. Hosted and created by your friendly neighborhood, J.T. Wheatley. Please listen, give it a listen at iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, and all our podcasting platforms. Thank you, and go ahead and enjoy yourself a good comic book. So the backbone of a retro toy convention would be the retro toys. And with us here today is a vendor, good friend of uh, Mark McCray's, a friend of myself, friend of the show. We have Sean Morse here. Sean, how you doing? I'm doing great today. Excellent, excellent. So I'm looking around. There are some redundancies at a convention like this, but I, I you're, and I'm not seeing that at your booth. I'm seeing a lot of stuff I'm not seeing around the floor here. I see some Robotech, which I love. Some really great recarded figures. Star Wars Vintage for display, which is cool. That, that's, that's a niche in the collector's market I really respect. I see some masks. Well, first, what got you into collecting? you, you got to be a collector first before you become a vendor, right? Exactly. And you have to be born a collector. Uh, if you don't have that gene that tells you to hang on to stuff, you, you're not going to become a collector. Uh, me, I have a great affinity for the 70s. That's when I grew up, and that's my focus of toys. Uh, Mego action figures, G.I. Joes, uh, uh, Matt Mason, toys like that. Those are the first things that come to mind when I think of the toys I want to collect. Uh, however, going into the 80s, that was one of the coolest decades for toys. Uh, they came out, Masters of the Universe, uh, Star Wars were still rolling. Uh, just, I mean, it was an amazing selection of toys, but I like a lot of the more obscure toys of that era. Uh, Kenner Mask, Black Star, uh, the fantastic cartoons, cheesy music, awesome action figures. Just that, uh, I mean, that just lights up my uh, collecting taste buds, and it's like you get started and you want it all. You need it all. You have to have it all. Oh, the 80s. Yeah, see, I, I was born in 78. So the 80, I was I was prime target in the 80s. Transformers, G.I. Joe. It was that, that that's really when toy toy production synced with uh, animation on television. It was really when there was really that that synergy there when it was all just kind of kind of popping at the time. So what got you into selling? Uh, collecting way too much. Uh, and, well, I do have a seller's gene in me too. I love to wheel and deal. I love to I love to buy stuff, and I, I love I love to sell stuff too. I love I like to get it a great deal on things and turn it around a couple days later or a couple years later. Uh, a lot of things I sell will actually sit on my shelves for years, and I will enjoy them for I'll enjoy them the whole time. And sometimes I'll hate to part with them, but it's time to make room for something new. Or it's, uh, it's time to pay some bills, so uh, toys come out and they get sold. But uh, I just I, I enjoy the whole market. Uh, I, I love hunting stuff up. Uh, I love being able to walk up to somebody, and I like to uh, I love to come a great deal either way. I like to pay a fair price, and I don't want to be exorbitant when I sell it either. You know, some people are just insane, uh, and I feel bad for the, the people on the end that just they have no clue, and they that when they come to you. I want to treat them fairly. I say, you know, I deal with this stuff. I know the one action figure is worth $100, and those other 20 are worth five. But you'll still get, a, you know, a fair price. Fair price. But I'm not going to say, oh, 20 bucks buys them all. Uh, right. Yeah, that's exactly. uh, a fair price. And you're certainly not going to try to sell a green-carded Power of the Force 2 figure for anything more than $3, no, right? No, no, no. Uh, um, 
Maybe four dollars. That, that's kind of that's depending. Kind of my max. Depending. Yeah. Now uh, right. we're going back to the original power of the force. Whole other story. <laughs> Whole other ball of wax right there. Right. Right. What would you say is the most obscure or sought after item in your uh, in your inventory right now here on the floor? It is hard to say. Uh, it hasn't gotten a lot of attention today, but a really cool piece I never knew existed was from the Buffy the Vampire Slayer action figure line. I'm seeing that. It is the, uh, her library playset. I can't bring myself to open it because the, in, uh, the uh, inner contents of the box is sealed, but it is one of the best playsets I've ever seen. Like I said, it's kind of obscure. Uh, awesome. I, I, I think it's an understatement. Uh, Buffy the Vampire action figures, let alone playset. The photo art they have on the front is amazing. Yes. Now, do you have an online presence? We just uh, go on Facebook. Uh, my shop is Amazing Collectibles. Okay. And uh, we don't have a brick and mortar right now. And I don't uh, have a web website for sales. But we do... Uh, we get contacted, we meet people at shows, sure. and that's my platform for dealing off of if I want to do something through the mail or okay. uh, if somebody wants to meet me at a, one of the shows we're going to, we always right. announce where we'll be right. and what we're doing. So right. that's Very my cool. that's my venue. Well, hey, you know, everybody, uh, hit up our friend here. Uh, maybe you could be the owner of a Buffy Library playset. No, I can't. I can't. Oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> I would put I would put Cobra Commander on that thing and uh, maybe some Adult Swim figures along with Buffy. I would have so much fun with that. Uh, that, that would be cool, too. I, 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 I still love uh, mixed genres. I grew up with the, in the 70s, the Mego action figures. And there's nothing better than having the Mego superhero battle the planet of the apes. Uh, right? <laughs> and have Boss Hog leading the pack. Oh, yeah. So, no, yeah. Uh, Boss Hog and the apes go after Superman and Batgirl. Yeah. Love yeah, it. Ding dang love superheroes. It. That's right. All right, so we are joined by a local legend, Rob Young, uh, owner-proprietor of Borderlands Comics and a friend of the ESO Network. Rob, how you doing? Doing fantastic. How are you today? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you. Uh, here at Retro ToyCon, you have an amazing booth, as you always do. Uh, how's, how's your con been so far? How's the weekend gone for you? Uh, show's been great. You know, we've sold a lot of toys. We've sold some video games. We're doing vintage video games and toys kind of here instead of comics. Right. So, uh, so that's been really good. And uh, we've got people selling us collections, so we've picked up a lot of vintage, uh, I think we've got like 10 loose Boba Fetts, and we've got a huge video game collection that'll be coming in soon. So sometimes these shows are about uh, networking and, and buying almost as much as they are about selling. Right, right, exactly. Got to get the inventory out, got to get the inventory up. Absolutely. Totally. Uh, so you also run SC Comic Con, uh, our, one of my favorite cons, our hometown con. That's more of a comic base. This is more of a toy base, right? Absolutely, yeah. So our, this show is is ninety, probably ninety five percent toys. Right. Um, you got one or two, you know, kind of comic dealers. We probably have twenty percent of the floor is toys. Right. Um, it's a really big room for ours. I think it's one hundred and twenty five thousand square feet or something. So there's a lot of toy dealers, but if you take it as a whole, you know, we try to get more of a mix. Whereas right. this show is really focused down on new and vintage toys. Right, right. I really like to see Greenville having these multiple cons come up and there's, they, they, there's uh, they're very distinct from one another. Oh yeah, well, I mean, a personality of a show, I mean, they're kind of like stores in the sense that, you know, if it's not a, a big corporate monster, you know, it tends to take on the personality of the people running it. Because if you're doing this, obviously you're trying to make a living, but if it's not fun, the, the work isn't worth it, if that makes sense. Totally. Uh, yeah. No, totally, totally, absolutely. What, uh, what can we expect this year? Just a little sneak preview of SC Comic-Con coming up. 
Well, we've added some interesting things so that the voice actors were such a big thing that people really enjoyed last year. And uh, we've added Sean Schimmel, the voice of Goku. And there appear to be two or three people that like Dragon Ball. So uh, I think that might be a popular thing. I, I've heard of it. I've heard yeah, of it. Something, yeah. some kind of cartoon from yeah. another country. I'm not sure. Yeah, it, it might take them like <laughs> like two, two, three days of the con to like power up, and then that's right. You know, that's right. Yeah. Then, then the explosion, right? Then, then their panel. Yeah. Super, right. super Cyanese Comic Con. Exactly. <laughs> so if uh, if you had one thing to say to pitch Retro Toy Con, what would it be? Um, if you're looking for vintage toys. Um, and really the timing, you know, right before Christmas. So it's one of those shows, I think, if you're looking for vintage toys and you're in the area, maybe for a Christmas present for somebody, I think it's a really good show for that. I know I picked up some vintage stuff here. I'm into Migos. So if anybody out there has Migos, I like Migos. Yeah, yeah, kind of a thing. So, um, but yeah, if, so for that, I think it's great. Like your timing is right before Christmas. It's right before Black Friday. Guys can come out, pick up some fun old stuff, and uh, and then explain to their wives later how, uh, how possibly we... May you know may not be buying as many Christmas gifts this year. My wife's nearby, by the way, while we're doing this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know what? I had two choices. I can either show up and do this media gig and look important, or I could buy toys. So my wife gave me a choice, one or the other. So <laughs> here I am with a microphone in my hand. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and hey. you already paid for the microphone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't don't tell her that. Uh, uh, where can everybody find you out there on the social media? Absolutely. Um, borderlands.us. We have a brand new website. I'll be at sccomiccon.com. I think we also have a brand new website up that's active there now. And um, then find us there. Find us at Borderlands at the shop. I'm currently at 1434 Lawrence Road. Uh, but I hear. There's rumors. Um, we'll be moving, hopefully if everything goes well, we'll be moving in January to a 16,000 square foot location. Right. It's four times larger than the store we're currently in. Right. And uh, we're taking volunteers to sweep. So, okay. yeah, it's great. Yeah, it'll be, it's a cool. bit large. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, Rob, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Hey, thank you so much. I hope you guys are having a great time. We are. We are. Thank you so much. Thank you. Welcome to Drunk Science with Kavika and Dan. I'm going to tell you right now, I plan for Beth and I, once we get so old, if the technology is there, we are totally going to download our consciousness, our, you know, map the brain, whatever, into some server, and we are going to live forever, and I'm going to put myself into some cool cyborg body, and I'm going to keep experiencing all of life. Like, you know, it doesn't matter that the sun, our sun, Saul, is going to expand into a red giant and potentially incinerate the earth as we know it in five billion that's plus like years. in like six yeah six billion years right it doesn't matter because in approximately 600 million years the process that leads up to that is going to evaporate all of the water that's on our planet so we're really in retrograde in terms of life versus the the existence of our ball in space uh, that being said, everybody talks about, well, humans are going to have to move. We're going to have to go out into the cosmos, right? The whole idea of, well, that's... Yeah, I right? mean, to sustain our species, we have to be able to put ourselves out in the uh, galaxy and the known universe. You're totally real about that. But check this out. The one, the one goddamn thing that even Neil deGrasse Tyson isn't talking about is the fact that Homo sapien, as we know it, is no more 
than 200 plus thousand years old. And in terms of having the nutritional intake to create the, the modern homo, anything resembling the modern homo sapien brain, we can only go back anywhere from 75 to 40,000 years ago. A homo sapien prior to that is useless today. You will not, from an infant, be able to teach them up to the point to, to, to maximize or at least meet average human potential. Well, it's you have to intake so many calories and exactly. all Exactly. Boom. Exactly. What I'm saying is the idea that 600 million years from now, let alone 2 million years from now, the idea that Homo sapien as we know it is even going to exist based on the natural evolutionary, evolutionary process is stupid. We are a dynamic, ever-in-motion species like all life on this planet. Well, I have no doubt. I have no doubt even within a thousand years that we'll be able to uh, do faster than light travel somehow. Even if it's like uh, using some type of like black hole slingshot, weird pseudo like time dilation crap. It it doesn't matter. Eventually we will develop some type of scientific uh, technology that will help us navigate, circumnavigate the universe. Even if we can get 80 plus percent the speed of light and it's going to be, holy that's going to be 20 years to this star, 40 years to that star. That still ain't when you think about actual cosmic distance all the way through bending physics in a way that the math almost adds up to and we think can all the way go in terms of FTL travel. What I'm saying is beyond all of that as a species... We are ever evolving. Kavika, you touched on a point to where, you know, you're saying you you and Beth are going to live forever. Forever, You're going to get into robot bodies. I'm going to get into robot bodies, too. I think I'm going to win my first Tony Award as Robot Dan. Uh, or, or you could become, like, the uh, Futurama versions. We could all be, like, headless versions of ourselves. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I would also like the right to vote. And I don't get the impression that the dudes in the heads on Futurama are able to vote, at least at least in, like, local elections. I don't know. I kind of feel like the Nixon headless robot went, did... <laughs> he did whatever the fuck he wanted. Yeah, but does the Scott Bakula one get to do it? Think about it. He's too nice. He's too nice. He doesn't have enough... Uh, he can only manipulate time in his quantum leap form, like everybody knows. Okay, bad example. Bad example. Let's go with... Uh, f- Gary Gynix, okay, the guy that did D and D. Hey, and, and if and if we move to Ohio, that would be the best thing. Is that we'd be so close to being able to go to Gary Gygax Con. That's the only what? saving grace that I know of, about living in Ohio. I had no idea that was even a thing. That is a thing. It's yeah. I I think it's actually it's in Wisconsin. It's in Wisconsin, but Ohio would be the closest we would be to it. I actually linked it in Discord. <laughs> right on. <laughs> called Gary Con. Is it called Gary? Dude, it, I swear to fucking God, it's Gary Con. He just passed away not too long ago. It was uh, 2008, and when she when oh Gary damn, that's 11 years ago. Yeah, okay. So you know what? We could have been to Alpha Proxima if we were going 80 plus percent in speed of light. If we look at how long Gary Gynix has been dead, that's what I'm talking about. Kavika, you were you were saying that you're going to upload yourselves into robot consciousnesses. Yeah, because it's going to be awesome. And I always, my favorite human is my wife, and I would like to spend all of eternity with her.
Aww. Aww. I know. No, isn't I, that... like I'm seriously like I... that's f***ing, where's my wife? That was touching. Sexy Thor, give me a hug, man. So the our future, our future as a, our future as a species will be some type of uh, like synthetic uh, hybridization. I bet we will do some type of like brain implants to increase memory. We'll have like something in the jawbone or something like that as uh, a communication device. So you'll be able to just, you know, uh, hit your wrist. Oh, bro. I think, I think that's like third generation. I'm going like nth degree. We're full on robots. Like where we ascend, like where we ascend to just pure electricity for for real. Yeah. Ultimately solid state hard drives and we, we are like, if you think about it, what we like, what I would consider our soul is, the our brain and it's like different memories and those electric firing synapses like that's probably us right what you're saying is so on point that free will itself may indeed be a part of the algorithm that is playing out yeah i mean Like what? 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 It? What do we consider is a you know conscious a person a, you know and you know we're gonna have to de- redefine that when we come up with our actual first AI. That's what I think. I and don't think well, we're gonna have to have those conversations. Like, is this? Uh, do we consider like this is an entity? Can they have? Do they have free will today? Do they say this is me? Can they plan for the future? You know, ba- like some basic things that make it like, is it a sentient? Like Homo sapien is the final purely organic form of intelligent life on this planet. Though, unto itself. For this time period. Unto itself, the entire for, notion for of organic. Period, there could, think about. I know, yeah. but there, there, could, there could be an instance where uh, some type of life on Earth after we expire, you know, a million years from now, you know, and then two million years from that, uh, you know, generates some type of sentient life. And it could be, you know, based on lizards or, you know, any. Well, I mean, I would instead of million, I'd put billion. But again, between 600 million to a billion tops, the 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 heat death of our of, of the inner solar system will begin. And then no more than two billion years from now. Bacteria that resides 20 yards or below the dirt right now will also no longer be able to to live and exist, and we're going to be a dead ball. We're actually in middle age to later middle age okay. as a life-bearing planet. Well, mark my words, within 10,000 years, if humans are still here, we will have figured out some type of space travel. And I'm not talking about within our solar system. I'm saying that within 10,000 years, we will be navigating the galaxy. And you know, actually, Kavika, 10,000 years is far more within the realm of Homo sapien continuing versus any kind of major evolutionary jump. If we take out like dynamic mutations such as like lactose intolerance versus you know, when we didn't drink animal milk slash like, you know, yeah, the, X, the mean, X-Men having laser vision or, you know, like being Wolverine. Who, when you really think about it, Wolverine is a bar brawler. He's not what you would want on your ultra superhero team. But anyway, I, I think in 10,000 years, we're still homo sapiens and we are and, and we are conquering the galaxy. 
And I foresee that uh, humanity is aggressive enough that even if we do, I, I, you know, there, you know, people like Stephen Hawking say if another alien race encounters us, we will be totally dominated. I think that most likely we have the temperament to dominate other races if we encounter them in the universe. What what if we are like the evil, scary aliens that come for other aliens in the dead of night? Like, <laughs> we're, we're the weird, like, head creatures or something because we've evolved in different ways or something like that. Oh, my God. And You never know. Dude, and those creatures that we're preying upon are every other form of life here on Earth, like like horses and geese and bacteria. You know what I'm saying? I think that the, the first question is sentience will not come from you know, space visitors or even something on the planet. It's going it, to, well, it will, it will come from something on the planet. It will come from AI. I think we're going to have to redefine, redefine what we consider, um, consciousness. You know, some people, some futurists like Elon Musk, you know, Stephen Hawking. I mean, are we creating oh, uh, uh, our uh, doom? Yeah. Oh God. What's Who that? Knows? Yeah. Right. Right. There's a futurist. I'm forgetting his name. Uh, uh, oh my God. He's all over the everything. Um, Michio Kagu. Michio Kagu. He's a smart dude. Hit his hair, dude. I want his hair so bad. I, I kind of feel like he has Elvis hair. Yeah, it's like uh, he's got like an Elvis thing going almost. Like the Elvis of speculative science. Yeah, no, he's a super smart dude. As opposed to that one guy with even the crazier hair who I guess is on like the quote unquote learning channel, like the fat guy pawn shop channel who talks about aliens and stuff. He shows up in memes. Ha, fat guy pawn shop, am I right? The learning channel is a joke. Anyway, thank you for tolerating drunk science with Kovika and Dan. Do you enjoy pop culture? Of course you do. You're already listening to pop culture podcasts here on the ESO Network. The Rusted Robot Podcast discusses movies, trailers, TV shows, space and robot news, and so much more. Won't you please join us for a pop culture overload wherever you listen to podcasts. TheRustedRobot.Podbean.com, a proud partner of the Soulforge Podcast, here on the ESO Network. The Rusted Robot Podcast. Think about it. We're here with the man of the hour, Ryan Bonavia, the master and commander of this here good retro toy con. Ryan, yes. good to be talking to you. It's great, great, great to talk to you. Now, you're also the uh, owner and proprietor of Toy Federation, right? Yep, yep. My shop in Greer. Yeah, right on. Excellent, excellent. So, uh, in a nutshell, putting on a con like this, what, what inspired you to get out there and bring all these other vendors together, bring in the talent? Why, why would you do something so insane as to try to put together a con? Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it, to me, it's like a dream to put together a show that's based off of toys, which is what I do for a living and what gives me the most enjoyment. And then it gives a lot of other people enjoyment. It's a positive thing. Like, you walk into a toy store, you can't be upset. You you get a smile on your face or or this memory comes back from when, when you were a kid that you forgot about until something triggered it back because you saw it. And, and to put a show together with actors and uh, voice talent from some of the classic cartoons which the toys were based off of is it's, it's, it's kind of like the best of everything 
Kind of like a dream. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's bringing that, that toy store magic out into the world. Right, right. And, and, and there's lots of shows, and I keep trying to say this, and I'm not saying it in a negative way, because I'm, I'm pigeonholing myself by making it a toy show. If I want it to be bigger, I should open it up to all. And I'm not opposed to growing. It's just, but if I grow, it'll be more toys. Because right. this is a toy show. The focus is toys. As opposed to a Comic-Con, which is going to encompass more topics. You know, you know, there's t-shirt vendors and comic vendors and Funko Pop vendors and novelists and authors and cosplay costume maker. And this is just toys. But we did, we did add co- cosplay this year and we did add panels. We did a great cosplay, an awesome panel. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm super happy with that. But it was standing room only and we had 50 seats and thought that would be... More than enough, and it wasn't enough. I mean, okay, I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. Right. Uh, Mark and I were even saying, like, wow, you know, I think maybe next year uh, Ryan might be shopping around for a larger venue. Yes, yes. It, I mean, the problem is I don't know of anywhere that has more square footage unless you go to a convention center. And then I lose the unique aspect of right. what we have here with the lobby swap and the room trading and next year we're going to add the parachute drop so you oh wow because the open atrium with the hotel yeah, right. and, and and that'll be really cool and get families and kids involved and go to the top floor and drop them down and catch them you know oh, you know cream rises at the top you know embassy yeah. suites here in greenville let's keep it here let's yeah. keep it here yeah nice nice so Next year, any sneak previews? Anything that's going through your mind right now? Anything you want to? Uh... Uh, not yet. I mean, I know, I know where we're going. Right. Meaning with what characters or genre, right. but it, they're going to be good. Awesome. I mean, and the dates will be the same. It's always going to be the week before Thanksgiving, the week before Black Friday. That's a good date too. I think, so. I, I think it, from a merchandising yeah. uh, perspective, that's pretty smart. Yep, people are ready to spend money in that time. So that's it's you know it's the biggest shopping day of the year. We're leading up to so if you got a collector in your family or you collect yourself, I mean, this would be the venue to go, right. or it'd be a great gift to give somebody to go. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so you're a busy man. I'm gonna let you go. Where can everybody find you? Social media? How can they give you their money on the internet? Where can they find Toy Federation and Greer? Well, my toy shops on 104 Middleton Way in Greer. We got a big building. It's almost 5,000 square foot of toys. Social media is uh, for the con is retro-toycon.com or Facebook, it's RetroToyCon. And then Toy Federation shop on Facebook for my shop, my physical store, my brick and mortar. Cool. All right. Well, hey, Ryan, thank you for having uh, the ESO Network here this weekend. We appreciate it. Yep. Thanks for having having me. Thanks for you being here. Uh, the other cool thing was I got to meet Gil Gerard, right. you know, the actor Buck that Rogers, played yep. uh, Buck, Buck Rogers in the 25th century. And uh, uh, that was awesome and a little surreal at the same time because he's looking at you, he's talking to you, and I'm just like, this is so crazy. You know, I'm actually talking to someone that yeah. I watched on TV. <laughs> and I'm not the type of person that gets <laughs> oh, dude, starstruck, you, you know, because... I've, I've, I'm, you know, I'm from New York. I've seen celebrities up in New York all the time, and I've seen celebrities in Atlanta. And you know, even you know, at Adult Swim and Cartoon Network, they come through. But I was like really starstruck with this dude because I just felt like, you know, I was 12 or 13 oh, yeah, years old totally, again. Totally. You know, and that was what made it, you know, a magical moment for me. And I was really pissed when it got canceled. And that was one of the things that I, right. I spoke to him about. 
And he was straight up with me. He told me that they would, you know, negotiating really hard for a third season. And they were really trying to work with the network to bring the expenses of the production lower because that's what was killing the show. He said it was the most expensive show on network television at the time. And didn't look like NBC wanted to play ball, um, unfortunately. And, you know, that is a, that is something that still happens today with science fiction shows. I mean, the expense is exorbitant for a lot of science fiction shows. And if the ratings aren't super sky high, it's not even worth it for a network to keep the show going from a business standpoint, because if the ratings isn't there and that's how networks make their money, you know, they have to make some hard decisions and some hard choices. But if the production company is willing to find ways to lower the expense and you still don't want to renew the show, I think that's unfortunate right. and sad, you know, but it was cool, like getting that. You know, a little inside from from Gil Gerard about what really right, happened with right, Buck right. Rogers, because this is something that Dan and I talk about all the time. In the old school right. ways of television, a lot of times shows did not get to conclude. Nowadays, if a show, if a network lets the production company know, like, hey, you guys, you know, right. we're going to cancel you, but right. we'll let you finish up. You know, so the writers and the showrunners have an opportunity to conclude the series for themselves as well as for the fans. But a lot of times back in the day, nope, that just nope. didn't happen. You were done. You were kick, you were ass. Canned beef. <laughs> it's out. Right. Yeah. Canned beef. No. <laughs> right. Nowadays, if your show gets canceled, you're like, fine, I'll just shop well, it Well, that's exactly right. what it is. Service. I was going to say, if, it, if it's canceled, <laughs> Netflix. Netflix or Hulu. Well, yeah, now right. even, well, that, or Amazon. Now, shoot, maybe even Disney Plus. There's opportunities now if your show gets canceled that are there that wasn't there, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But it was cool seeing Gil Gerard. And uh, Dan, didn't you, uh, did someone talk to Pixel Dan? Or did both of them uh, talk yeah, to him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I talked to the, the, uh, uh, nobody. Uh, the YouTuber. Yeah, no, that was cool. Yeah. He brought me up to speed on what's happening with, you know, YouTube is one of those ever- flowing growing shifting landscapes mm-hmm. and right now for individuals who who make videos about retro toys more or less by and large for an adult audience are being hit with an algorithm right now that was uh, more or less designed to prevent direct advertising to children uh, slash your channel has to notify or, or be identified as a child's platform which demonetizes these guys because you know they'll 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 drop a four letter word or just you know the content is uh, is is based in say you know the business lore history mechanics of you know the whole retro toy scene whatever and it gets dinged for not being children's content so to kind of sum that up they're being they they're required to identify as children's content and then being dinged because they're not that's kind of what's shaping over the YouTube and he gave me a really great education on that. Uh, and otherwise, an insight into the retro toy community when it comes to you know online content. Basically, they're getting in the the, the bad business end of the stick. Uh, right now, yeah, right. It's it, I mean, this has happened before with YouTube. It'll happen again with YouTube. You know, balancing out who's getting paid and identified as what and why. So, yeah. You want to you want to take us out, Mark? Throw out some final thoughts. 
My final thoughts about Retro Toy Con, I think with this convention, my son Miles and I were talking about it, and, and what we figured out is that my book, The Best Saturdays of Our Lives, uh, available on my website of the same name, folks, what we figured out is that my book and toy conventions seem to be the secret sauce. Boom. You know, and... I don't even know why I didn't figure this out earlier, but toys, cartoons, they sort of go hand in hand. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Right? You know, so that's what I'm going to probably focus on in 2020, you know, to seek out more of the toy conventions. Very cool. Mm-hmm. There's some great costumes there. Oh. Uh, I was surprised. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, 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 I wouldn't say, I would say that uh, costuming at least Retro Toy Con Greenville which incidentally, this is only the second year, mm-hmm. so it's still really in its infancy. Yeah. I'd say the cosplay was probably secondary to the vending, mm-hmm. to the buying and selling. Oh, yeah. and to, to, to the Guild Gerards and the other vo- and the voice talents that were there. Right. Uh, <laughs> there's some really cool people there. Remember, yeah, there's remember definitely the Baroness cool people from from GI Joe. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're getting all that. Snarf. <laughs> uh, there was some, but the cosplay that I saw was mm-hmm. like. Dragon Con level. That, yeah, like, I'm not. It, it I'm not trying to be silly. It was definitely Dragon Con level. There were some. There were some some co- really great oh costumes, and and I was just really impressed. I got pictures with Greedo with oh. with a Dragon Con caliber Greedo. Wow. There was this dude. I don't know what he was like. Cross between Shredder and your worst like Dark Jedi nightmare. He was like a he was a Dark Jedi and Shredder from the Ninja Turtles. Oh, like a mashup of that. Okay. Walking around. Wow, that's yeah. interesting. Two cover commanders, both the shiny face uh-huh. and the cloth face. That <laughs> was pretty cool. cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I um, I saw a uh, he was a, a Marvel a night night rider. Um, you saw night. You saw yeah, a night. Was it night uh, rider? Yeah, rise of the motorcycle. No, Night Rider would have been driven the car. Kid. Oh, oh, I'm thinking dun, dun, of the wrong dun, show. Dun, 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 right, 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 right. Dun, no, dun, I did not dun, see Night Rider. Um, I'm thinking about the Marvel character that writes the motives. Oh, like, Hell, Hell Skull Flame guy. Yeah, uh, that dude. I keep want to say Easy Rider. Hell, <laughs> but no. Oh sh- No. What's um, his name? He was in uh, Agents of Shield, which is a show I couldn't recommend, but I I watch anyway. Oh, uh, me neither. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> oh God, Hell 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 Rider. I guess it's Hell Rider. Hell Rider. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's probably, but it was anyway. It was a great Marvel, Mar- Marvel Flame Skull. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it funny? It's just like I'm just getting a complete blank. I guess Hellrider. Been... I mean, it's but uh, you know the word. It's not Hellrider, can't be. No, it's not Hellrider. Oh my god! But okay, I said Easy Rider. Right. Fonda, Peter Fonda was in. Because remember Nicholas Cage? Uh, he played the character. Wow, this is really bad. Hmm. Oh I wonder what god. other characters I'm having a brain fart about. I'm very happy to see a, a convention like Retro Toy Con here in Greenville. We're a growing town when it comes to conventions, toy conventions, comic conventions, cool conventions. It's all happening here in Greenville. Hotels are going up all the time. Uh, we have nowhere to go but up. Retro Toy Con 2020, the dates are already up. Facebook it, internet it. Thunder Talk, manufacturing authenticity since 2018. Boom.
Like we uh, just talked about a week or two ago. No, yeah, but but Beth and Kavika haven't heard that, and I'm going to end the show. The show is going to end with me saying that and Kavika saying, boom, now let's record an <laughs> outro so we can like move on with our lives. Where can we find you, Dan? All right, so check it out. Mark McCray and I have a new podcast, Best Saturdays of Our Lives. Check us out at bestsaturdaysofourlives.com. We're going to be hitting all of the major podcast platforms here within the next week or so. Trust me, you will be completely spammed into oblivion when that happens. <laughs> Otherwise, I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying, it. oh, thundertalk.org. It's my job to say thundertalk. See, Dan doesn't have a lot going on for himself. I don't have a, st- uh, a, a Discord. I don't Not have a thundertalk.com, but thundertalk.org. Thundertalk.org, yeah, thank you. There's thundertalk.org. You can find us there. Uh, Sexy Thor, where can everybody find you out there on the internet? Uh, if you really want to, just to type in thundertalk Thor in your big three of social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and I'll be there every Mjolnir Monday for WTLK, The Thunder, or now I'm calling it WTKILA, The Thunder. And you can find me at K to say rambles on. What about you, babe? Uh, you can find me at mixer.com slash nopelahoma if you want to see my streaming. Or you can find me at twitter.com slash nopelahoma. Where the wind comes sweeping down the plane. Hey, you say Twitter. Doesn't Thundertalk have a Twitter that I don't know how to access? Yes, there's a Twitter. There's Instagram. There's a Facebook. At Thunder Talk Pod. Th- Thunder Talk what? You got cut off there. Thunder Talk Pod. What? One more time. What was that? I didn't. I didn't. What? Thunder Talk slash. slash. Fuck you, Dan. Dan. Fuck you, Dan. Dan. Good night, everybody. We love you. Uh, thank you for listening to Thunder Talk. Bye. Talk is a production of the Weirdos Workshop with special guest star Mark McRae, starring Kavika Allo, Adam Wedston, Beth Allo, and Dan Klink. Drink, fight, and make your ancestors proud. Thunder Talk, manufacturing authenticity since 2018. Boom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the TeePublic store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.